Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Welcome back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways podcast. We're so glad you are joining us. This is episode 212. We're recording this on Sunday, February 26, 2023, at 2.40 p.m. Pacific time. I'm Terry. We've got Todd. We've got Zach. And this is kind of a normal episode, which feels kind of weird. We're in this, like, month, month and a half where we do more special episodes than normal episodes with all the awards. And everything going on, uh, it, it's kind of refreshing to just kind of sit back and get back to normal, at least for one week, right? Yeah, I mean, for a while, you know, everybody was like, Shyamalan's going to do a surprise ending. And then he did, he, he did movies without surprise endings. And it was kind of shocking that he just did something normal. That's kind of what it's like. Or it was like for a while in the 90s when Harvey Keitel made nude scene after nude scene. And then he wasn't nude. It's like just normal. It's strange. True story. Has Harvey Keitel been a stripper? This will come up later in the podcast. <laughs> if so, I really regret that as an oversight. That, that would be an oversight. Uh, wow. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, doing a nor- we're doing a normal episode. That went to has Harvey Keitel ever been a stripper? I, mm. I don't. That welcome to our podcast. He's definitely That's stripped. Cool. I don't know if he's received payment for it. <laughs> Some studio paid him somewhere. You know, Jane Campion paid him. I guess. I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> Can we? Can we though? Um, <laughs> Let's just jump right into power rankings. <laughs> just just jump right in right right into it. We're, we'll we'll be getting there. We'll be getting there for sure uh let's Eventually. see here long what, and winding road wanna... there yeah so last week we had our uh our special live episode where we revealed our uh our nominations for our almost sideways awards and our weird category winners which was a whole lot of fun next week we'll be doing our oscar preview episode uh that Ooh. we've been doing for a while now talking about who will win should win and should have been nominated do you remember the when we did the first one of those, the very first Oscar preview episode of this podcast? Absolutely not. It was in Vegas. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. 2017, mm-hmm. 2018. Yep. Five years ago. I texted you guys that wow. this week because it was five years ago. Like this week, we were in Vegas recording wow. a podcast because that's what you do when you're in Vegas, apparently. I think I predicted Lady Bird to win Best Picture. It's possible. That was a possible. great pick. Yeah, I remember you guys went golfing and you abandoned me. So then I went to the MGM Grand and placed a bet at eight in the morning. Or am I confusing things? Yeah, that, confusing that was things two different stories. You also okay. passed out while we were playing <laughs> well, need, poker. Needless to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh, I remember that poker game. That was the greatest 53 minutes of my life. <laughs> See, hey, and, I, I won that tournament twice while we were there. <laughs> yeah, but the greatest, the greatest honor was Todd saying afterwards, that I was actually competitive because no one knew what I was doing or thinking because I was so <laughs> including <out of> you. <laughs> like Todd is this Zen poker master, you know. He he is an expert at reading everybody, but he couldn't read me. 
I, I, that's that's because at the moment you couldn't read. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> it, it was just reading gibberish, is what that was. How did I beat some people with their hands, man? I lasted a, a decent amount of time in that. I have no clue. I have no clue how that I happened. That, that's just the you know how pathetic some of those people are, you know, from you know Lexington, Kentucky, on their honeymoon or something. How well, how much I, money did you win in that tournament? I mean, I think, I think I won like three or four hundred dollars both times. Well, one time, on the first one, I won chopped. Straight, I was gonna say you chopped one time and one straight up yeah. the other, right? Where the, what was it? Those guys were from where, like Sweden or something? They're, something they're like the, that. Yeah, they were vaguely. It was he. It was like the tourists at the beginning of Cocaine Bear. It was like from a some unknown European country venturing into America. It's like a Vin uh, Vendors film. Well, um, like like the uh, our our Twitter group was was saying earlier this week. Then the question is, um, when will we go back, and who will that be? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good question because because you know uh, uh, Jack Swagger died before he could even enter office. So, not to be morbid or anything, but the clock is ticking. <laughs> wow, wow! There we go. That that that's exactly what I where I was going with that. Thank you. <laughs> oh man! Well, I, I think it's a perfect segue into uh, what we've been drinking, and what are we drinking today? Uh, Zach, are we agua freeing it again? We are agua freeing it. All right. That that might be that might be good if this is what you are, um, with uh with just water in your system today. Hey, so. you know, I'm just you know what I mean. There might have been some cocaine involved. No, there wasn't cocaine involved. We're reviewing a movie called called with cocaine in it. I promise there was no cocaine involved. <sighs> All right, Todd, what do you got? Uh, I have some wine. It is the Seastone Albarino from uh, it's Spain. It's uh, it's it's light wine, so it's good. Nice, Spritzy. nice. Pinot's so coming got... in whites. Isn't that the original? You can't ask questions like that in wine country. It's not a Pinot. It's a Albarino. It's white, it's white though. It is white. It's wine. his first white you've had in a while. You've been you've been going with the reds for a while. It's true. Yeah. All right. I have a a, a beer out of ten barrel brewing in uh, Bend, another great Oregon uh, craft brewery, and uh, this is their winter stout. It's called Pray for Pow, uh, partially because uh, as Pow is in powder. So partially because it's been oh. snowing here off and on for about five days and is supposed to keep snowing for the next two potentially, but everything's starting to melt. So anyways, but also, you know, we are reviewing a movie that's all about a bear that was praying for some powder and found some. So, yeah, that's true. Are we going to introduce, are we going to introduce the fourth co-host of this episode, which is uh, the dog below Todd's apartment? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he's introduced himself. So maybe he took some co cocaine. I mean, this is very like that's true. deranged behavior. Oh man! Uh, usually, he only barks if I like drop something. So I don't know. Well, yeah. I, who knows what's going on? But we're yeah, gonna just keep going. That, that statement, Todd. Right now, he's saying you're you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into what we've been watching, and we're gonna go to Zach first. Zach, what have you been? What have you been watching? 
Okay, well, first of all, before I review the movie I watched, I do want to say that last night I watched the NAACP Image Awards, uh, and those are so much better than the Oscars. I mean, what are we doing here on this podcast? Why aren't we talking about the Image Awards? Listen, okay, they were smart enough to nominate Viola Davis and Daniel Deadweiler. They were smart enough to have Queen Latifah as the host, which I've been campaigning for for now two decades. And the best thing of all, when they gave the Entertainer of the Year Award at the very end, it was won by Angela Bassett, they actually started rolling the credits like as she was walking up to the stage. I've never seen anything like that before. It was strange because it made me think like no one gives a shit what the producers of Everything Everywhere All at Once are going to say. So let's just start the credits rolling so we can actually add a little bit of time into, I guess, hear more speeches. I don't know. The NAACP Image Awards are way ahead of us. You know, Ben Crump was up there speaking for social justice. Uh, and there was some great montages in it, too. And uh, I, I'm just saying, I think I'm a convert. I think I'm, I'm, I'm off the Oscars bandwagon where everybody's thanking their agents and their lawyers. And I want to praise, you know, Brent, Ben Crump because that was an amazing speech. Anyway, that's I didn't what even I know that was broadcast. Oh, it was awesome. Everybody, Twitter was going off about Zendaya's outfit. And there were like a lot of celebrities there. I was actually impressed by the folks that they got. Almost all the Chinese were there. Why was Brittany Griner there? <laughs> because Brittany Griner's been released from Russia. And they had a, they had a part where they were honoring her release. It, it was wonderful, you know? Wasn't it, was, it on the Smithsonian Channel? It was on like five different networks. That's part of why I watched it. Because it was like every network I was turning to was that. It was like that scene in Knock at the Cabin when they're just, you're trying to turn the channel and it's all the same shit. But it was actually great shit. And uh, yeah, so we let's, I, I want to see a Todd review. Well, now I'll do the review for what I think is going to be the, the winners uh, next year uh, in a February preview, maybe. Anyway, um, the movie I watched is a movie that is nominated for an Oscar. Definitely was not nominated for Image Award because I'm pretty sure there were no black people in it. And uh, that is a foreign film nominee, I believe, from Belgium called Close. And uh, mm. Close is by a filmmaker named Lucas Don't. And I believe that Lucas Don't once had a movie made about him that was a trailer during uh, Grindhouse called Don't. Um, but it wasn't about Lucas Don't. Okay, that was a lame joke. Todd's shaking his head. Anyway, uh, Close is a movie about uh, two, two young boys uh, named Leo and Remy. And uh, they are about 13 years old and they are BFFs. And they are growing up in this small town together and they are inseparable and they're starting a new school year. And they're so close that people assume that they are boyfriends. And uh, they are not, but there is a sort of erotic undercurrent because they're both kind of developing hormones and not quite sure about their feelings. Um, and there's also kind of an interesting dynamic between Leo, who's the main character in the movie, and Remy's mom, played by none other than my best actress from 1999 for Rosetta, Emily Duquesne, which Terry, I'm assuming, did not watch. And uh, it is uh, a really interesting story about this friendship that kind of blurs the lines and then something happens. I don't want to say... Uh, but the movie takes on sort of a different direction. It kind of reminded me of The Sun's Room, that Italian movie from about 20 years ago. This is a good movie. I don't think it's going to win Best Foreign Film. If, if my, if my, or excuse me, International Film, if, my, if I had to put money on a movie, it would be The Quiet Girl. 
I feel like there's more of like a niche thing going on with the Irish language. And Barry Keoghan, our boy, just uh, you know said something in Irish that was trending the other day. So I would still put, I would still go with The Quiet Girl, which I have not seen but really want to. This is like a solid movie. It's not a great movie. I probably won't remember it. It's got some real Zach aesthetics to it. It's got depression. It's got uh, European uh, sort of handheld cameras, and it's got long scenes that meander. I think I've just seen too many of those at this point, guys. I just, I got to move on. If I had seen this when I was, you know, 15 years old, I would have loved it. But uh, sometimes there's overkill. So I give it three stars. It's a good movie, not a great movie. It's kind of like a cliche Zach movie. Nice. Nice. So you're saying a quiet girl is winning, not all quiet on the Western front? Uh, no, well, I like the odds of a quiet girl. And, you know, remember that when the lives of others won, everybody thought Pan's Labyrinth would win. Sometimes there's upsets in this category. So I like the odds for a quiet girl. I'm not sure what they are, but I would I would lay some money on that. Isn't it the quiet girl? It's not a quiet place. It's like it's like the quiet girl, not a the quiet, quiet girl. girl. OK, excuse me. So, so the other question I have for you, Zach, is uh, how many movies that were nominated for almost sideways awards have you been having to catch up on before we uh, vote on our winners for next week? I've, ca I've caught up on a grand total of none of them. Was I supposed to? Was that like a, a requirement? Was that homework? Well, the, the yeah, ones that we're voting on. You, you got to yeah, see the movie. But the, real, got, the real Oscar voters it. don't actually watch them. Do you think anybody's watched everywhere, everything <laughs> all at once? But we need to. We nobody need to be actually, more like the Image Awards, right? Nobody watched Coda. That's true. <laughs> but if we were more like the Image Awards, I think we would be nominating Black Panther and you know the Woman King and all you know those kind of movies. Is the Woman King nominated? It, I can't the remember. Woman the King is one. nominated, and so right. is Black Panther. There we go. And we'll see. We're a step closer to where we need to be. All right. Well, you're you're gonna you'll have to do some research, figure out what you what you still need to watch before uh before next okay. week. Paris 13th District. That, that, right. that is definitely one of them, considering right. Todd was the only one that had seen it. All right. Pretentious in French. I like it. Let's do yeah. it. I'm, I'm down for that any day. All right. Todd, you're next. What did you watch this week? Uh, okay. So I, for the first time in a while, stepped into the cager. Um, yes! The, uh, I watched The Old Way, which is uh, the 2023 movie directed by Brett Donahue. And... Uh, it's, it's sort of like a history of violence as a Western, but uh, and it's also billed as Cage's first Western, which is kind of weird to think about. I, mean, I guess Red Rock West is sort of like a neo-Western, but I guess it's not entirely untrue. I just had never really thought about that. Yeah, he plays this guy named Colton Briggs, who is a retired outlaw who's now like living with a family. And the son of the man <laughs> that he executed 20 years earlier is, comes back and he's looking for revenge. So Colton and his daughter, played by Ryan Kira Armstrong, are forced to move and eventually fight back against his past. Um, Armstrong, obviously fresh off of her Razzie nomination for Firestarter, is actually pretty good in this. Uh, so she's not just a terrible child actress. Um, Cage is pretty subdued and like really old. It's it's like a late era Jimmy Stewart role kind of thing, which is not really what I was expecting. But the movie is more like a John Wayne Western because it's very standard. It does not really belong in the 21st century. It's about like familial vengeance and seeking justice and settling old scores, which all are cager titles. And uh, but it also one of the guys from a score to settle is also in this uh, movie too. Um, uh, 1998 MTV movie Lifetime Achievement Award winner Clint Howard is also in this, and he's yes. lousy. Um, uh, the, the music's corny. 
the climax is really rushed. It's a it's a strange movie for Cage because it's not like trashy like most of his video on demand movies have been recently. It's a it's like a young filmmaker making a genre movie and he gets it off the ground with Pig that really worked. But here it's like mixed results. I'm giving it uh like a, okay two and a half stars, which puts it number sixty seven on the Cager between Running with the Devil and The Best of Times. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's a Cager. Um. It's currently available to uh, rent, so that's how I that's how I watched it. I was waiting to to see when you were finally gonna gonna go gonna see that one. Yeah, well, it just dropped from twenty dollars down to like seven dollars, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna ah, do that. That'll do it. Have we talked about the nineteen ninety eight MTV Movie Awards? I, that is a great poll by Todd. I, there's got to well, be I a just, story there. I just know. I just re- always remember. <laughs> I, I remember watching that one, and like he was like super touched that they were giving him an award, and they're like, "Okay, we need to actually do like take this for for real," because he thought this was a real award. Because <laughs> it was a, it was a joke up till that point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he he, the he was award. He, yeah, and I don't know. I, I remember that, and I, it's one of the only things he's listed on his awards page on IMDb. That's an amazing lifetime achievement award. I mean, that would be like—I don't even know what that would be like. That would be giving. That would be like giving. Uh, I, I don't even know. I can't even like the third Manning brother a lifetime achievement award or something. Like, it'd be like, like, like a, him going into the hall, in the hall of fame. Yeah, go, yeah, going to the hall of fame. Yeah, there we go. We we, we tag teamed it for his work on college. That's the Bowl. best metaphor. Yes. Yeah. He's got five nominate or nominations on IMDb. He's got a nomination from the Horror Hound Film Festival for Best Actor for the Funhouse Massacre, uh, some Mil- Milano International Film Festival Award, uh, Ensemble Cast, and then the MTV Movie Award Lifetime Achievement and Shocker of the a Year Award at the Shock Fest Film Festival. That's, that should be something we do. Yeah. The Shocker of the Year for a movie like called to- Puppets. It's I mean, Clint Howard's not a good actor, but I mean, it, it is entertaining. I'd like to believe that if we had done this in 1995, he would have been in my top 10 best supporting actors. I mean, Terry, wouldn't you love, like to believe that too? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think no, we I... could just go all supporting, all 10 supporting <laughs> actors from that movie. He would be like seventh. Did the did SAG not have a an ensemble cast award back then? Because that certainly would have been nominated, right? Mm, potentially. I think the I Howard know. I would have gone with was Rance Howard, not Clint, because I think playing the priest at the end of the movie was a real stretch. Yeah. And he was there for the he was there for the landing. Where was Clint at the end of the movie? I guess he was there. He's patting he someone's was there. back. But yeah. He didn't, he didn't have a whole lot to do with it. They sort of demoted him once his job was sort of kaput. He's on not, the screen during the line where it's some of them are still there, but others have moved that's on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So All right. Apollo 13 won the SAG for Best Ensemble Cast. He was not part of the nominees. There were only six Assholes. nominees that they that they gave, which is ridiculous. Yeah. How that would be like there? 20 if it was in coming out today. Probably. Probably. Okay. Moving on. What I've been watching. So Todd's been telling me that I have to uh, get caught up on everything. Uh, so it's been... I have three uh, Oscar watches that I haven't been able to report on yet. So, uh, so I'm going to go through them quick. Uh, I think Todd has been paying attention to the website, so he knows what they are, but I don't think Zach has. So first uh, was going back 20 years to 2003 to the, all of them are 2003 movies, actually. Uh, 2003 Best Documentary Winner. Hmm. Uh, super, no, not Super Size Me, was it? No. 
I think that's the wrong year. Oh, Fog of War. The Fog of War, yes. Oh, yeah, I like that movie. That's in my top ten of that year, I think. And I think you're right. Yeah, it's a really good movie directed by Errol Morris, uh, and it's uh, the, the full title is The Fog of War, 11 Lessons from the Life of Robert S. McNamara, who was a Secretary of Defense, I believe, during Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon? Not Something Nixon. like that. Not Nixon, but Kennedy and Johnson, at least. Uh, it's a fascinating movie where you kind of get a little bit of an inside into uh, into how decisions are made and what goes into making them uh, at the government level, especially at a tense time like that. Like he goes through, you know, what happened in the Cuban Missile Crisis. He goes through why we went to Vietnam. He, he there's a whole bunch of stuff that he he goes through, and it's kind of like his his tell all. He's he gives as everything that he can to this uh, to this movie. And is as open as he possibly could be. I find it really fascinating, though, that back-to-back years they went from Bowling for Columbine to the Fog of War, where you have Bowling for Columbine, this you know anti-gun, anti-all this stuff, and then you go to trying to humanize one of the people that was responsible for taking us to Vietnam. It's really, it was, it's just really interesting to see the dichotomy in two back-to-back documentary winners there either way this is a fascinating movie three and a half stars totally worth the watch if you haven't seen it so that was that was two weeks ago last week uh i watched a uh a lone supporting actress nominee from 2003 no clue i mean there are two that would qualify Mm. there's pieces of april and 13 it's 13 yeah mm. pieces of april be coming up later on in the year because i haven't seen that one either but yeah 13 i hadn't i'd never seen 13 which is interesting so directed by katherine hardwick uh written by katherine hardwick and nikki reed starring nikki reed evan rachel wood and miss holly hunter uh and uh this uh this movie is nuts uh Looking back on it, I mean, this is the year I graduated from high school. And so, like, this this era of just people in general was, like, my my thing, which is kind of crazy to think about. But it is because it feels so dated now, and it just makes me feel old. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Evan Rachel Wood is, shows that early on that she is an incredible actress. Um, Holly Hunter's kind of all over the place in this one, and uh, it, it's a good performance, but kind of crazy. Nikki Reed, apparently this is partially based on her real life uh, and real life experiences, and that's why she helped co-write it. It's a she's awesome as well. Another three and a half star movie. It's a it, it's a really really interesting look at it's kind of like eighth grade, but for two thousand three, and you could kind of say so. Um, so that's that's 13. All right. So now getting to uh, the my Oscar watch for this week. Uh, this is a lone original screenplay nominee from 2003. A shattered Glass. No. The oh. uh, the Barbarian Invasions. I think that's adapted. No, because that was and that was a, a foreign film. Was not the Barbarian Invasions. 
I think the Barbarian Invasions was nominated though for screenplay, but it was, but, but it wasn't the sole nomination for that film. It oh, was a lone. It was a lone original screenplay nominee. Oh, uh, no! It's not American Splinter. It's adapted. SWAT. <laughs> no. Damn it! it Should have been SWAT. Um. Oh, it's that one. Uh, the Dirty Pretty Things. Dirty Pretty Things. Oh, yes. nice. Directed by Stephen Frears, written by Stephen Knight. Uh, yeah, this was this was a different movie. This was like the most unique Stephen Frears movie I've ever seen. Uh, it stars Chiwetel Ejiofor and Audrey Tatu. Uh, Chiwetel plays a man named Okwe, and uh, Audrey Tatu plays a woman named Sene, and they are illegal immigrants. And they are trying to avoid getting caught, avoid getting captured while also making a living for themselves in England. Um, and they're working at a hotel. And you get the idea that there's some real shady stuff in Oakway's past. Uh, Sine is willing to do pretty much anything, or is realizing she's willing to do pretty much anything for her safety and potentially her freedom. Also in the cast, you got Sophie Okonedo, who plays Juliet who is a call girl who frequents the hotel every night. Um, and so that uh, she gets involved in what they're, what they, uh, everything they're doing. Anyways, Okwe and Sine are roommates and eventually they find out there's some really shady stuff going on at their hotel and they kind of somehow get involved in it as well. Anyways, it's, I, I don't want to give too much away because it's got a lot of uh, twists and turns in it. It's got a really cool ending that you don't necessarily see coming, but it's perfect in how it ends. And I'm not as high on it as the other ones, but I think this still is a three and a half star movie. So uh, my last three Oscar watches are all three and a half star movies. So dirty, pretty things. Todd, I think I saw you've seen this. Do you remember anything about it? Not really. I do remember that it was, I did remember that it was set at a hotel at least. But yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that much. Zach, Zach loves it, I think, right? Yeah, I've seen it. I really enjoyed it. I don't remember a whole lot of it about it either, but I remember really liking it. And it's it has since become a, I believe, a play in London. I oh, I can see that. But I can see that. Kind of interesting. First, first real huge, big role for Chudel Ejiofor. And yeah. Stephen Frears, so it has to be nominated for an Oscar. I, I believe it's a Miramax movie that might explain part of it. But I would say, Terry, that First of all, going back a little bit, you should watch Pieces of April around Thanksgiving because it's a Thanksgiving movie, really good Thanksgiving movie. And then uh, the best documentary of 2003, I love The Fog of War. I think it's a great movie. I've actually watched it a few times since it came out. Uh, but it's not even my favorite documentary of 2003. That would be Capturing the Freedmans, which is on my top 100 of all time. Uh, Todd has given it four stars, but I see you have not seen it. So that is an oversight that needs to be amended at some point this year. I might need to, you might need to assign it to me. Was it nominated? Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was. If it was nominated, then I'm seeing it this year. Capturing the Free Capturing the Freemans is such a good documentary that I would contemplate doing it as a the first ever almost sideways deep dive for a documentary. It 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 is so good and has so many kind of quirky characters in it that it would be really fun, even though it's about a horrible sexual abuse scandal. But other than that, you know, it's it's great. Yeah, it's one of those that doesn't necessarily even feel like a documentary. It's sort of like like a Dear Zachary in that way or something. Yeah. You know? So capturing the Freedmen's, uh, I'm slated to watch this fall. Pieces of paper to go up on a this Paul, summer. Slated to go up on a, on Paul 16 later on this year. 
14. 14, or, you know, excuse me. Whatever. <laughs> if there's still funding. If if there is an Apollo 14. Dick. Did we did we name him Roger Corman as the douchebag of Apollo 13? We if not, we should have. Yeah. I did, and you guys were like, oh, that's a good point. I never thought of that. I, yeah. I do specifically remember <laughs> that, that part. All right, well, let's get into our uh, our featured review now. I love this movie so much. I did not really like this film at all. This is the most Zack movie ever made. You got to see it. Movie reviews. And for that, we are going to Cocaine Bear. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning. There's more of this out there. They dumped it somewhere. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on it. The bear. It did cocaine. Cocaine! Apex Predator. High on cocaine. Out of its mind. Can someone do something? What's wrong with that bear? It don't ever come down! Wow. There's such a great poster. It's it's an amazing <laughs> poster. It really is. All right. Yeah. Cocaine Bear is what we're talking about. And Todd's starting us off. So, Todd, tell us all about Cocaine Bear and what you thought. Okay. Cocaine Bear is directed by Elizabeth Banks. And, um, yeah, the, I mean, the plot's kind of weird, like, uh, but it's kind of awesome. There is uh, some smuggling of cocaine that goes wrong, and there's, like, several pounds of it are found in uh, a Georgia forest, and there are several people that are impacted by this. There are like, these two young uh, teenage-ish age people playing hooky who found some, played by Brooklyn Prince and Christian Honvery, and then there are the men who are trying to retrieve it for, like, the cartel or whoever, which are O'Shea Jackson Jr., Alden Ehrenreich, and Ray Liotta. Then there's a couple park rangers played by Jesse Tyler Ferguson and character actress Mark Martindale. Uh, there's a cop played by Isaiah Whitlock Jr. And then there's a bear and he eats it and goes on a murderous rampage and gets addicted to it. Um, there's some insane mood swings in this movie. Like the soundtrack is all over the place. The tone is all over the place. I think that's sort of the point, like uh, trying to replicate the drug. Uh, it is funny that O'Shea Jackson Jr. is kind of like the audience in it. He's like the only sort of normal one. And I think that's kind of the way he's cast in like every movie now, but he's really good at doing that. Um, for me, like the laughs are kind of sporadic. The, the, the theater I saw it in was all in though. And it was like basically sold out. Uh, and there, there are times when the tension is actually real. Like Banks is actually a really good filmmaker. I, I was a fan of her Charlie's Angels reboot. I was maybe the only one. But uh, the novelty of the plot runs out after like 40 minutes though. It's a pretty much like a one joke movie. It's a pretty good joke though. And uh, there's just too many side stories that are uninteresting and take away from the actual bear doing his thing. So for me, I'm, I'm a little disappointed by it. I know Zach's going to love it because there's a lot of children cursing and we know he loves that. Um, I'm giving it, uh, I'm giving it two and a half stars. And I will say that uh, if we've learned anything from Banshee, Banshees, don't uh, uh, serve your severed fingers to animals because uh, it won't end well. There's that in this conspiracy movie. theory. Yes. Good call. Good call. All right. Well, Zach, what did you think? 
contrary to what Todd said, I absolutely hated this movie. I, I thought it was really, really awful. I mean, I know that, you know, we're not exactly expecting Oscar level material with a movie called Cocaine Bear. Okay. I usually love shit like this. I was all on board for it. I wanted some Margot Martindale and Isaiah Whitlock and all this other, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted the passion. Right. And I thought that my favorite part of the movie is the opening quote from Wikipedia, which is awesome. More movies should quote Wikipedia at the beginning. Um, but from there, it just goes so downhill so quickly. And, you know, it's a classic example of, you know, this is endemic of a 2023 phenomenon. It's, it's a concept. It's a high concept, but there's no delivery. It's just meant to generate uh, audio, uh, people discussing it over water coolers, although people don't have water coolers anymore. So it's just meant as discussion fodder on Twitter. And I mean, it's great as a concept, and but a concept should be a five-minute SNL sketch with Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, it shouldn't be a full movie. This movie, and, and I mean, to this movie's credit, I guess it tries to develop these characters. I don't know about you guys, I couldn't follow the story at all. Like the, Alden Ehrenreich has a kid or something, and he leaves the kid. He's a widow, widower for some reason. I didn't understand. He wants to leave the business. The O'Shea Jackson ca character is so boring. We've seen it out of a million movies, and his run-ins in the woods are just painful to watch. You're kind of wondering where's the bear? Like literally, the bear doesn't show up in this movie for like the first forty minutes. It feels really disappointing. Uh, labored too. My favorite character in the movie is, of course, Brooklyn Prince, because I like children, unlike Todd, even though he liked this movie more than I did. It's just a reminder that she's really a great actress and she was great in the Florida Project. And anytime she gets to swear and do drugs, it even makes the movie better. So she yeah, was also children cursing. That's why I thought it was an easy thumbs up for you. I, I did like the Brooklyn. I do have to <laughs> confess, I like the Brooklyn Prince character in the movie. The problem is this movie is so it tries to be so ironic and it tries to be so funny. And honestly, like, and maybe this is coming off of watching EO, which I thought was kind of a great movie. So great that I even named my douchebags of the year, the German soccer team that beat up the donkey. I felt really bad for the CGI bear. Like she didn't deserve that shit to happen to her. I feel bad when there's animal cruelty on screen, even when it's CGI, even when Leonardo DiCaprio was being the shit out of that bear in The Revenant. I was like, come on, you know, bears deserve better than this. They, they deserve a life of their own. And this movie is kind of pro bear by the end of the movie, but there were just too many times when people were like laughing at the cruelty that, that this bear was experiencing. And of course the real story is even more tragic because the bear actually OD'd. I don't know, man. I, you know, this movie is awful. I hated it. Uh, I, the real problem was three weeks ago, the last time we reviewed a movie on this podcast, actually, uh, I said that there was not going to be a worse movie than 80 for Brady. And now I've just seen shit after shit after shit. I, I should watch my words because Magic Mike was awful, too. I guess I'm giving this movie one star so I can still say it's not as bad as 80 for Brady, but it's a terrible experience. We didn't even get a shit out of Isaiah Will. I mean, come on. Yeah. Why Why are we there? All, I want him to say Montgomery Brogan, your ass is we didn't even get that in this movie. Come on. I know she's your girl, Todd, but she's got to do better than this, okay? She has comic timing. She has great sensibility. We deserve a better product, both in movie and in... The movie was was a hit. I mean, it made, like, what, $30 million or something? Of course it did. Everybody was hooked. The, the marketing was genius. But it's I know. I was, I was shocked that there's so many people were at the theater. I was like, damn, I, I'm, <laughs> I needed to, like, get my seat ahead of time. Megan did the same thing, but Megan was actually a good movie. You can, it's possible to have word of buzz and maybe a high concept and actually deliver it with, with good writing and good characters, but this movie is junk. Well, I think I'm the one that liked it the most. I gave it three stars. Um, 
I don't know. I, it 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 is dumb at times, but you kind. I was willing to forgive like the dumb third act because it had been so much fun leading up to it. Um, I was shocked at how many people are actually in this movie and how many people I recognize in this movie. Um, uh, including character actor Margot Martindale. I like how that one had to get a, a qualification. I don't really know why. Oh, it's, um, it's a BoJack Horseman reference. Oh, it's a BoJack Horseman. Okay. Well, there we go. Anyways, uh, no, it was it was fun. I, I, I was into it right away. My theater was not packed. I was like one of maybe three. But again, it's been snowing here. And I went and saw it. And like the one time that I thought I could get out of the house long enough to go see it and get home. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. <laughs> That's a nice review. I know that's all. I, that's all I really got. It it, it it delivered on what I thought it was trying to sell. That that oh, that's what I'll say. See now, this is a movie that would have been aided by Nicolas Cage. Like, oh God, yes, and Danny like, Trejo. I mean, this, this oh, could have gone so maybe a, an appearance by Cheech and Chong. Like, there's also like disappointingly few scenes of this movie where people are actually high. Like, why couldn't we just have a simple goddamn movie where they bring in cocaine into the forest and they get high and the bear freaking steals it and they have to chase down the bear and then the bear chase? Why couldn't we have just that movie? Okay, why did we need this bullshit structure of like vantage point where everybody's trying to, you know, you got this character here and Forrest Whitaker's over here. It's like, come on. Okay, just tell the freaking, just show the bear. We don't need this labyrinthine Tarantino wannabe ripoff story that is just flat and boring and ah, I hated it. But we weren't there. <laughs> I also have to, I can, I must confess the people laughing in the theater did not help my appraisal of this movie. It just, that just set me off even more. Yeah. He hates it when people are having fun. I, do, I don't like when people are having fun. The theater was <laughs> sold out. God, I had to sit next to these people. Uh, Jesus, this is like a Bill Burr sketch all of a sudden. In the back of the <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, there in the man. theater. I wasn't entertained. All these people were, yeah. I mean, they were really laughing, was... and I'm like, you people, like, what are you doing? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. It's beautiful. All right. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's in theaters. A lot of people went and saw it. Uh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Todd kind of did. So I gave it three. Todd gave it two and a half, right? Yeah. And Zach gave it one star. Uh, if Cocaine Bear sounds interesting, check it out. All right. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> we I, spent more time. I'm proud to say we spent more time on our banter than the review of that movie, which <laughs> is, right. is better because that movie didn't deserve our attention and crit crit high highbrow critiques. And if we spent as much time talking about Harvey Keitel stripping as we did the actual review. So. <laughs> or Clint Howard winning a Lifetime Achievement Award 25 years ago. <laughs> Clint Howard would have improved that movie. Imagine him on cocaine, you know? Maybe he's up there on top of that uh, thing and he's shooting a gun. and that, that would have been a better movie. Let's see what kind of effect that has on it. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. All right. So moving on from Cocaine Bear to just talking about bears in general, it is our spotlight segment. Spotlight. And for our spotlight segment, we are discussing bears in movies. Yeah, I think that's it. No, <laughs> we said bear moments. 
Bear moments. Bear moments in movies. Okay. So bear moments in movies. <laughs> Is that that P- 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 Panahi movie or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember to do a joke about that, but I forgot. The time passed, so... <laughs> He's just gonna start using the banner as like his his Woody Page whiteboard behind his yes. head. Yes, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> He's just gonna disappear from the feed for a little while to change change what his banner is gonna that's be. A, that's an outstanding call, Terry. <laughs> I don't, Zach, but I can't. I can't Woody get Page. in full full. I can't get full quotes on like you know you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, like. I'd love to do that, but I think it, there's probably a character limit. Probably, probably. Okay, so Mount Rushmore of bear moments. Yes. Bear moments in movies and TV is what we said. Bear moments. I think does Harvey Keitel's bear ass count? Because that would be one of my <laughs> nominees. <laughs> uh, okay. This is this is already going great. All right. Well. Uh, Zach, why don't you start us off? What what's your submission for this Mount Rushmore? Okay, bear moments. Well, you got to go Grizzly Man. I mean, that's the greatest bear uh, movie yeah. ever made, and Todd hates it, which makes it even more the more more amusing because I don't know anyone who's ever not liked that movie. It's got like a ninety seven on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a great classic documentary, and I think that if I had to choose like a moment, it would probably be the scene when. Uh, Werner Herzog, uh, besides talking about how great he is, also talks about, you must never listen to this tape. You, you cannot listen to it. And, you know, if that's like that, I, that, that's probably the greatest bear moment of all time is Timothy Treadwell's death uh, because she couldn't, he didn't even want her to listen to it. So, man, that's, that's got to be pretty intense on an audio tape. Yeah. I, I like how the first thing you said when talking about a movie about a man in the wilderness talking to grizzlies, the moment where Werner Herzog, that that's about all you need to know about Grizzly Man is, well, he is the, star the star of the movie is the director slash narrator, not the actual person in the movie. Yeah, I still love the movie, but yeah. all right. Uh, gosh. Okay. I didn't even thought of, grizzly man but that's a great call um which one do i want to go with i'll go next i i'll go okay. on, i'll take a sharp turn from grizzly man i'm going with i i you know nicholas cage and javi would agree it's the end of paddington 2 because of course he is a bear and uh and paddington 2 is is, is actually quite wonderful you know and uh yes that is my bear moment well done have you guys maybe no Todd's not on social media, but Terry, have you seen the Twitter account that photoshops Paddington into like yes. world events and movies? Maybe I follow it because you followed it, but that's a Possibly. great account. Yeah, yeah. And 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 his comment every time is uh I photo photoshop Paddington into a movie, TV show, or music video until I forget. Day number <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> Uh, it is a great follow. It is a great follow. Uh, okay, let's see here. What do I want to go with? Um, you could go with the most surprising. Your pick for the most surprising movie of 2022, <laughs> because that has yes. several bear moments in it. <laughs> salmon <laughs> with salmon. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's that. 
part of me wants to go with i i haven't mentioned this movie ever before like until like a month ago but the great outdoors has a great bear moment uh with dan Aykroyd and john candy um i i'm thinking dr doolittle too with the bear voice archie the bear voice by steve zahn oh wow oh hey i'm archie hey i'm archie yeah <laughs> As he's trying to to win the affection of another bear, I think voiced by Ellen. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. Um, you know, you want to go with the bear necessities or something. Come on. Oh, the bear necessities. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but I'm totally doing that. Going to the Jungle Book, the bear necessities, the original, none of the other garbage. Was there a live action Jungle Book? There yeah, was. it was a good one. <laughs> that was the best live action Disney movie remake. Was that bear, more, yeah. was that live action bear more realistic than cocaine bear? Because that wouldn't be too hard to do. I um, mean, how are we not? Did are we really not going with Leo in the Revenant? As I think that's a moment? consensus. That's going to be the consensus. That's why. That's why I didn't okay. pick it. I figured without yeah, be that the makes consensus. sense. Another one I thought of was uh, the moment, like right before the credits of The Edge, uh, like before it says directed by whoever, like it goes black and then it says, We would like to thank Bart the Bear for his wonderful performance in this movie. I mean, it was like, it's like, it, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous and like totally takes away from the uh, ending of the movie, but it also is a great bear moment because, it, I mean, they don't get shouted out like that very often. The other one I was thinking of was uh, like, the uh the training montage in kung fu panda yeah i was thinking about kung fu panda too like or when they're fighting for like the dragon scroll or whatever mm -hmm. or anything from ted yeah i was thinking about ted also like the uh uh it, the, my favorite scene in ted is when they're shooting through the the white trash uh give me a white trash name yeah that, that's my <laughs> <laughs> the greatest ted moment so that... wait is it one of those with a lin on the end <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Zach doesn't know uh, what we're talking about. No, no, no idea. Can I read a few that I so I I think there's a subcategory here of people who put on bear costumes that could also be a really good Mount Rushmore, <laughs> but technically broke the rules. So I'm gonna list a few of those. The bear costume in the shining. I mean, that would be Adam's pick for Grace Bear Moment. Uh, the uh, I believe the Nastasia Kinski character in the Hotel New Hampshire is called Susie the Bear, and I think she wears a, a bear costume. I've never seen that movie, and then I've never seen Breakfast on Pluto. But in the trailer for that movie, Brendan Gleeson is wearing a bear outfit and he punches someone. So that would be best bear moment and most punchable face. Um, I also wrote down Into the Wild. Isn't there a bear in that movie, Todd? Like, yeah, and, and it was probably the same movie bear from The Edge that worked in like thirty movies. Right, Bart the bear. Bart. Yeah. Yeah. Real MVP. And I also wrote down any movie with Paul Walter, Walter Hauser because he's a bear. Doesn't what somebody dress as or isn't it like a bear thing in uh, Midsommar? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a good call. Too. That's the ending of it. Like the it... guy is in the is is in the bear skin in the yeah. building that's getting burned. Well, isn't, isn't it in the Wicker Man? Isn't that where he like punches the lady as like as a bear or something? Isn't that part of the Nick Cage quote? You bitches! Killing me <laughs> won't bring back your honey. That sounds like something a bear would say, actually. He, he's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like a hallucination or something, and he goes and punches the lady by the tree. I don't know. I think... <laughs> Just Simon Hedberg. You know, Simon Hedberg. 
Oh, I mean, we could have gone with uh, we could have gone with Yogi Bear. We could have gone with uh, with anything with Winnie the Pooh. Wasn't Forrest Gump's coach Bear Bryant? Would that have counted? <laughs> <laughs> the Junction I mean, Boys. He's dumb, but he sure is fast. I believe the one of the kids that dies in the suite hereafter is named Bear. You saw that movie last year, Terry. You probably remember. This is the Native yeah, American it, family. I don't remember it that well. Um, we said TV also, and I don't think we mentioned any TV. So I don't even know if there would be any that qualify. I mean, I there's know. the bit. The bear is the guy on on College Game Day. Right? I had a TV. There we go. <laughs> I had a TV bear moment. Uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where it's the one where Homer has the sexual abuse lawsuit, and they show a TV show called Gentle Ben, where there's a bear named Gentle Ben who's the host of like a Phil Donahue esque talk show. But then he goes after the food and starts attacking people, and they have to tranquilize him. It, it was one of the great kind of non sequiturs that the Simpsons used to be really good at. I was also thinking any needle drop involving the bare naked ladies. It's been one week since you looked at me. I, I mean, any any of those would be good too. Which makes a great segue into our next topic. On the bare naked nice. ladies, that's one of the worst bare. songs ever. You, you like that? Like that? All did, right, you, so, yeah. did you just think of that, or is that something you've been? No, that, that, that's something I thought of earlier. And you're, like, you're I gotta make this the last thing. I was sitting on that for a while. Yeah. All right. So our <laughs> our Mount Rushmore of bear moments in movies: Grizzly Man, Paddington Two, The Jungle Book, and The Revenant. <laughs> that actually turned out really good. <laughs> I'm impressed by us. Uh, We're hitting our stride. Well, thank you for giving me my my submission, Todd, because I was going to come up with something stupid, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was wasn't better. stupid. You had Jungle some, Book you had... Bear Necessities. That that's good. That's, yeah, that's you, had, you had some good some good shout outs though in your honorable mention. So I, I don't know. You were going to land on something. I'm really sad <laughs> that Jackass Forever wasn't on the list. I, I that, think that that deserves mm-hmm. a spot. That's that's the real miss on, on our end. That would have been that would have been good. That would have been good. Mm-hmm. I know. I probably would have gone with Ted if Todd hadn't just gone with Paddington too. So, I, f- I feel like we should only go with one animated bear in a in a live action movie. <laughs> Time to move on to power rankings. You can't top that. Yeah, that's the movie about the horse. I'm gonna pull an audible at the last minute here. That's because I haven't seen it. Power rankings. Not including Fargo. Can't choose Fargo ever again. And our power rankings. We've been sitting on this one for a while because Zach came up with this topic because Zach won last it's time. It's a great topic. And you know what? It's timeless. Okay. It, it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't need to coincide with any movie, especially if that movie ended up being garbage. It's a classic, great power rankings that we sh- we've, we've been sitting on for a long time. So Zach won our last power rankings, which were recorded on January 2nd. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was forever ago. Yeah, because then we did our top tens of the year. Then we deep, did Deep Dive Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, no, I guess it was uh, uh, January 29th. Vacation's gone wrong. That was the last. Mm. That was our last power rankings. Anyways, and uh, he thought we were going to record this on uh, the week Magic Mike came out. But then we uh, took the week off for the Super Bowl. And so now here we are. And we are doing power rankings of strippers in movies and TV. Strippers or exotic dancers. Now, or did, exotic dancers. Did you guys actually see Magic Mike's Last Dance? I haven't I seen have the second seen one. 
It's terrible. So I didn't see the third one. It's terrible. It it might be in the so bad it's good category. I feel like if it had just been tweaked just a little bit, maybe with some of that cocaine bear energy, it could have actually been a good movie, but it's awful. I mean, it, it, it's 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 almost on. See, Soderbergh didn't direct the second one, right? That was no. was that Reed Carolyn? Is that uh, well? That's the writer. I don't know if he directed it. Elizabeth Banks also in the second one. She's really good in that. See, I like the Magic Mike movies. I'm a big fan of the first two, but this oh, one. No, I, I know you like the second one a lot. That's what I'm saying because this one was Soderbergh again. It was, okay, so it was Gregory Jacobs directed the second one. Right. I don't know who that is. All right. Is, well, anyways, the, the Clint Howard to Steven Soderbergh's Ron Howard. <laughs> so we're talking, uh, yeah, we're talking strippers and exotic dancers in movies and TV. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, this is one. I, I think I'm going to go first on this with my number five. I haven't gone first on anything yet. So uh, as I was looking at this, there were, I, I thought this was going to be a really hard list to come up with. And then by the time I was done, I was like, oh man, I can only pick five because I had like a good list of ones. I'm like, oh, I got to mention this one. And I had a list of like 10. I really wanted to mention. So honorable mentions is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but uh, number five on my list, uh, I have a feeling might get, are we Merloing? Yes. I think, yeah, we're Merloing. I think it might get Merloed uh, because I, someone else really likes this performance as well. Uh, and so number five on my list is the uh, titular character played by Taylor Page in Zola. Nice. No Todd Merlot. Merlot. Wow. And Todd was the I mean, I could, I could Merlot the movie. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, okay. the other part of it, too. I, I went I went with Taylor Page because I thought I think her narration throughout the whole thing is a lot of fun. She's the one that gets recruited in this whole thing. So obviously she's got some talent there. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, there. strippers turned into a life of crime <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> were, were you doing your Timothy Oliphant and the girl next door? Like, man, there's some talent here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's a fun movie and her performance is fun. And like I said, I think the narration is really what, what sells it for me. I love, I love her narration throughout that. So, uh, That's yeah. Number five, Taylor Page as Zola in Zola. It's a great call, and it is a great performance. And it, she, but I don't believe she strips at all in the movie. She, yeah, she it, does. Does she? I thought yeah. she was just. And she's sort of the straight yeah. man in the movie. She observes all the nonsense around her. She's going on the stripping trip. Oh, it's right. Nice. But I just don't remember a lot of actual strip teasing in that movie. I just remember other stuff. I guess the other it's stuff. A, it's, it's a good. It's a good pick, though. I think if Zola was not represented on our list, it would be an oversight like Jackass not being represented on our bear <laughs> Mount Rushmore. I would not know this man's name for the next 36 hours. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> I think that's my favorite line from the entire movie. All right. We're going to go Zach next. Zach, number five. All right. My number five comes from the Tarantino universe. Not the stripper that you might think that I have Adam ranking pretty high. But another stripper that uh, is in a movie that I like a lot more of Tarantino's. I called this Kill a Bill. month ago. That is Kill Bill Volume 2. We are going no. with Rocket, played by someone named Laura Coyouette. And, you know, strippers are supposed to be pretty sexy. Is she the one that plugs the toilet? <laughs> she plugs the toilet. <laughs> There's shitty water coming out of it. 
Yeah, uh, bud. Uh, shit, water coming out of the toilet again. She's kind of got this like '80s Laura Dern vibe to her a little bit. She's kind of tall and angular with blonde hair. It would have been a great Laura Dern. She has red hair. Uh, okay, you're possibly right about that. But listen, okay. Anytime that a stripper plugs up the toilet, who are you going to send? You're going to send the bouncer, Bud, to go fix it. Although I don't know if Bud ever actually fixed it because by that point he'd essentially been fired. Um, it's a great performance, and I think in the Kill Bill Volume 3 um, movie that we get, I think Rocket needs to make an appearance as a stripper who plugs up a toilet. Because I think that's the only time that's ever happened in film history. <laughs> you ch- you chose that Tarantino one over the one from Jackie Brown. That is baffling to me. The one from Jackie Brown? Who's the stripper in Jackie Brown? The the lady that's stripping for, uh, for oh. the hero. Oh, God, what's her name again? I don't know. I mean, I, I said when you first gave the category, I was like, Zach, this is Zach's number one, obviously. But no, I don't know if I consider her a, a, an exotic dancer, though. Um, the one who so does... just being a just stripping doesn't make you a stripper, is what I, we're saying. That is a really, really <laughs> tough question to answer that I'm not prepared to answer. It's also disturbing that I can't remember her name anymore. Simone. Simone, I don't know what she is, but Rocket definitely works at that club and gets on stage. Um, in the words of Mickey Rourke, Does not all the girls can take the pole. Strip? Okay, she doesn't. She doesn't strip and kill Bill. No, no, no. So you're yeah, you were giving me crap because you didn't think Zola actually had a stripping scene in Zola. I know. But I then you pu- you pick a stripper. You pick a stripper that's only known for plugging a toilet. <laughs> yes, I think that's a. I'm way not more sure she actually class. plugged the toilet. I think that she's there might just, just be a... shitty water coming from it. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, I don't think it was I... next year. There just were, wasn't anybody there either. I mean, it could have been anybody. That is true. I mean, no, it looked pretty abandoned if we're listening to Bud. I, I, I agree about Simone. She should probably be an honorary member of this list, but I don't know if she's definitively a stripper. I think she's a performer. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. She, her performance is stripping. These <laughs> were probably strippers too, but... <laughs> All right. Todd, number five. All right. My number five, I've mentioned a lot. I've never actually put it on one of my lists. Uh, I'm going, And I'm not entirely sure she's actually a stripper, uh, but I'm going with Mercedes Cortez in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Mm. I, th- I mean, because there is the time when you pick her up from Cortez's boat and you drive her to the pole position club, which I assume that she's a stripper, but maybe she's just going to hang out. I'm not really sure. She's definitely a prostitute. But uh, she she's a really interesting character that you come across a few times throughout the game, and uh, she uh, yeah, I think she's a stripper. I I could I honestly I've images in my head of her probably stripping, but I I can't remember exactly. I, I kind of go through the cutscenes now when I play that game. So yeah, Mercedes Cortez, my video game pick that isn't number one. Oh my god, the, see I mean, why we, this is a great list. We <laughs> could you... do a list of like of uh, top five strippers in Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Can we just get the Patreon page going for our our podcast? Because this is this is gold here, and and we're giving it to to you out there for free. So like and subscribe. It's true. It's true. Like like Mercedes likes to strip in San Andreas. No, Vice City. Excuse me. Vice City. All right, moving on. Number four, and it's to me. It's a classic, but uh, I I think it also really works on several levels. It is uh, Demi Moore as Aaron Grant in Striptease. Um, 
one because she freaking rocks in that movie uh especially in her stripping scenes two uh it's a it's a it's kind of similar to zola i mean she's a she's a stripper that gets and ends up getting mixed up into uh into a whole crime ring and has to like work for undercover fbi type stuff uh Burt Reynolds is completely ridiculous in that movie, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, I think the the her role actually totally works, and uh, she's pretty awesome in it. And it just became a punchline because everything Demi Moore did in the mid '90s became a punchline. So, um, yeah, number four is striptease. I've never seen it, but the website says you give that movie one and a half stars. Is did I stand up? <laughs> Probably not. I should I should watch it again. I'm, yeah, I don't I've know. It's a pretty it. ridiculous movie, but either. she's a pretty quality stripper. I'll say that. I think it's fascinating the movies that Terry has seen that neither Todd, me, or Adam have seen. <laughs> That's not one that I would have predicted. That was like at least a plus 300 <laughs> that that would be one, but I like it. It's a, it's a classic. It, it's, it, it's Is it a... though? Yeah, I mean, just because it was made 26 years ago, does that make it a classic? It Everyone got... knows. I mean... Yeah, when when Showgirls pops up as number one for you, you're gonna say it's a classic, and I'm gonna. But that is a classic. The exact same thing. They even put out a classic addi- edition. More of the people, DVD. more people know what striptease is than they know what Showgirls. Where can is. you even find striptease at this point? Do they even have, have no a idea. Blu-ray for it? More people. I, I will. I will stick to that. More people know about Demi Moore and striptease than know about Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls, which Ebert's- is your number one. Ebert's review of uh, striptease is really funny because all he does in the movie is is criticize how the book was better. Like literally, he he brings it up like <laughs> fifty times in the review. It's like, well, they got this aspect of the movie right, but the book was better about this, and they have much more dynamic and blah 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 blah. It's like I don't think people are going to striptease because of fidelity and loyalty to the source material, Raj. But maybe you were. Striptease is on Tubi. Is it on Tubi? Yeah, perfect. That's the place yeah. where it should be. We, we should we, we should go come to that stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a double entendre at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right. Not at all. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Who is next? Todd. Todd, you're next. No, no Zach, Zach is next. Zach, number four. Okay. Uh, my number four is. Uh, <laughs> a reference that Todd will not get, but hopefully Terry will appreciate it. It is a character from The Office who actually made three appearances according to IMDb, but I really only remember her from the Phyllis Bachelorette Party episode when they actually purchase a couple of strippers and uh, I'm going to make it a tie, actually, because I think both of them are pretty funny. The one I was originally going to go with was Elizabeth the Stripper, who actually is a stripper and uh, she, when, when Michael goes to her because he feels guilty that he got a lap dance from her, she says, secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone, which is a great kind of way of putting it. The other stripper that I'm tying it with, and Terry knows this, it is who, Terry? From The Office? Oh, man. I'm, I'm speaking to no one out here. It's crickets. It's, it's Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, the stripper. Oh, but he didn't gosh, really. He wasn't right. really a stripper. Ah, uh, this this crashed and burned. Well, anyway, didn't, I like. Did Michael give give a bicycle to one of them? No, that's the that's the Benihana Christmas episode, man. Oh, I, that's right, that's right. They got him. <sighs> oh well, I like Elizabeth but Benjamin the stripper. Franklin. Yeah, I like Elizabeth the stripper, and I like I like Elizabeth the stripper. Actually, tells tells Pam that she could strip, which is a, a very nice compliment. Uh, but, um, you know, Bob, Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration says no. 
no way he's not into it. Uh, but, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, um, th there's a great exchange when Jim asked Dwight, uh, have you ever seen a stripper before? And Dwight says, yeah, I've seen them all the time because Jennifer uh, Gardner played one on Alias. And then Jim says, yeah, I mean, I've never seen one either. So that's a good line. And that's a great uh, episode. So I'm going with Elizabeth, the stripper and Ben Franklin. Todd ben Franklin just, is a good call. Knows. You should have just stuck with Ben Franklin. But he's not really a stripper. But yeah. It's from that episode. Well, neither is what's her face that plugged the toilet. So, <laughs> oh, Rocket True. is definitely a stripper. But okay, okay. She could Rocket. just be like the uh, I don't know the the greeter person or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like the 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 coat girl is that what the, you're saying? The mater the mater d of the strip club. the strip club is that a thing? Well, I mean, you, you need somebody to like uh, check club? check your ID and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> Isn't I mean, that it, Bud's job. But <laughs> no, not necessarily. But just, I don't know. I'm a bouncer at a titty bar, Bill. No, yeah, that's what he says. I'm a bouncer at a titty bar, Bill. <laughs> All right, no, nobody out there to bounce. Todd, <laughs> number four. Uh, my number four is um, a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen. It's called Welcome. It's from Welcome to the Rileys, which is a uh, movie directed by Jake Scott. It is the character of Mallory, played by Kristen Stewart, and. Because I, this is a, a movie that I don't think is necessarily that good, but her performance and her relationship with the James Gandolfini character, who sort of like takes a, like almost like a father daughter type feel uh, with her, is really interesting. And uh, she does strip in the movie. And it, I think it, she actually gives one of the very best performances of 2010. It's one of her best performances as well. It's uh, a movie that I don't, I, I only saw once, but it definitely stuck in my memory. And uh, her character is. She's a stripper, and she's awesome. <laughs> that's that's kind of the the running theme here, right? Just because why, you're a stripper doesn't make you awesome, does it? That's why I said, and she's awesome. That's the lesson <laughs> of Magic Mike, because Magic Mike's life is not that awesome. Are are we ex excluding Magic Mike from our list? I was wondering that. I don't think so. It was not specified. Okay, so could, well, let's, let's roll with it. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right, I'm next. Number three on my list is possibly the closest anyone ever got to uh, getting nominated for an Oscar for playing a stripper, and that is Jennifer incorrect. Lopez as Ramona in Hustlers. How is that incorrect? What? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but she almost did she almost did which is like yeah she Jennifer got close Lopez. but didn't there have been ones that i've gotten nominated but she That's almost true. she's the closest one that didn't get nominated that didn't get nominated <laughs> we'll go with that uh yeah it, it's jennifer lopez and i feel like no one no one has owned like that role quite like jennifer lopez did in hustlers and uh talk about once again a uh it's the third one in a row where it's a stripper turned to a life of crime um, on my list. There's a theme here of, uh, of strippers that become, that become criminals. Uh, and, uh, the, and yeah, but uh, Jennifer Lopez hustlers, it had to be on the list. I mean, it's, it had to be, it has to be. Yeah. It's, it's the Leo in the revenant of, mm -hmm. of, of stripper roles. It, yeah. Again, if we didn't mention it, there, there'd be something wrong with our, with our power rankings here. Yeah, Zach, I like it. I've never seen Hustlers, but I will. I'm what? still. Did we what? review that? I'm still outraged. <laughs> did that review that. Get the nomination. 
I didn't. I never saw it. I don't know what it. I and see, uh, she didn't get the nomination what? because she's J Lo, not because of the performance. What does that mean? The Academy just doesn't nominate certain people. I don't know. I mean, the, she had the halftime show lobbied, thing. I mean, and, and like they nominated Rihanna shit. this year. <laughs> I just I, remember that the, the media narrative was J Lo's finally going to get the Oscar nomination. It's going to be for this crazy stripper role that she was, and then it didn't happen. It was like one of those things that was like so preordained that no one thought it wasn't going to happen. That well, should... leading into nomination morning, everyone's like, they're going to snub her, aren't they? They're yeah. they're gonna snub. Her. I mean, it feels like every time they snub they snub Jim Carrey too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like some there's some people that they just don't want to nominate for acting. Well, I think she she wasn't like shortlisted by BAFTA and stuff. I that she had there were some things that were pointing to her probably not getting in, but she had. I don't know. So yeah, that's one of those things. Yeah. All right, Zach, number three. All right, I'm going into the world of children's films for my third pick, which is not a thing you'd expect me to say on a list about strippers. But um, this had a very strong impact on my youth uh, and my identity, I guess, uh, because I kind of uh, really thought this scene was really great. I'm going with, if we're going with a Disney theme, we're not going to go with the Jungle Book. We're going to go with the female mice strippers in The Great Mouse Detective because they are strippers in a Disney movie. And I'm looking at the Disney uh, forum, the Great Mouse Detective fandom wiki, and um, one of the characters is named Miss Kitty Mouse, who is a sentient female mouse. I don't know why the sentient seems a little bit uh, unnecessary, but uh, she works at the Rat Trap Pub, which is where Radigan, I guess, is the big boss, right? I just remember, I haven't seen their musical number in probably 30 years, but I just remember she starts out at like this, like, you know, she's like working for the Salvation Army. She says, dearest friends, we're here to, you know, like ask for money or something. And she rips that thing off and she's like full and burlesque. Hey, fellas, la la la. It's almost like an Ethel Merman number. And it's like really freaking random for a kid's movie from the 80s that these female mice are up there ripping off their clothes. Um, I love it. I dug it. I wish Disney had more balls like that. And uh, God bless the 80s. Uh, God bless whatever they were on, whether it was cocaine or not. So I'm going with the, the female mice striptease burlesque show from The Great Mouse Detective, which I think had a lot of impact on many people our age. Not Terry's age. He's too old. But Todd in my generation uh, was very impacted by it. Wow. Was not I don't think I've ever seen The Great Mouse Detective. Really? Oh, yeah. That wasn't in your. You guys were too busy watching Police Academy movies. I've yeah, seen it, but I didn't see it until I was like in college. It was Adam like will a... Adam will understand appreciate that pick, maybe. Uh, all right, Todd, number three. Right. My number three is Stefani in Zola. I mean, it's the ah. Riley Keough character. I previously mentioned Zola on my best uh, scenes in A twenty four movies and on my top ten of twenty twenty one. It's I don't know. Like Zach said, Riley Keough, all of her characters probably become a stripper at some point. And this one actually is a stripper. And she's such a good stripper that she recruits other strippers to go on stripping like trips with them. And uh, she she's awesome. She's sort of a sympathetic character in like a really crazy crime plot thing. And um, yeah, I mean, and you do you do actually see her strip and stuff. So it is uh, it is legit. Unlike maybe Taylor Page, although I think she does strip too. But yeah, Stefani. 
Well done. She's a pretty amazing stripper in that movie. Uh, and it is like the perfectly iconic Riley Keough role. And it's just outrageous. And that, if JLo wants to point to why she didn't get nominated for Oscar, I think she needed more of that character in that performance. Is that is that the, the prototypical Riley Keough character, isn't it? It's either that or American Honey. Yeah, but, and they're American basically the, well. kind of the same character, but or the All one right. with Dan, Daniel Daniel uh or she's in the girlfriend experience, right? The, the yeah, TV the show, show, the show, not the movie. Yeah. I was gonna say the one with uh uh J Daniel Craig and the racetrack. She she's like the same character in that movie, too. You know what movie? Oh, what about? the Soderbergh movie? Yeah, the Soderbergh. Oh, Logan movie. Lucky? Logan oh. Lucky, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't remember the name of that movie. <laughs> I think that, I think she there must be a something in her contract that every one of her movies has to take place in the dirty south. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two on my list. Uh, we're going to uh, the the world of that's not quite Tarantino, but kind of. Uh, number two on my list is Rose McGowan as Cherry Darling in Planet Terror. Of course. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to go from strippers getting involved in a life of crime to strippers getting machine guns put on their leg and fighting crime instead. And not fighting crime, more fighting zombies. But uh, yeah, uh, Rose McGowan took this spot. I mean, she she's a don't call her a stripper. She's a go-go dancer. Um, and um, the, the opening of the movie, uh, uh, she ends her dance with uh, her crying in, on stage, which is never a good sign. But uh, yeah, she she is a she is a uh, an exotic dancer and uh, yeah, machine gun for a leg. Nothing nothing beats that. Narrowly beat out Butterfly for her lap dance for Stuntman Mike for this spot on my list. So um, that that's uh, that's what I'm going with. So number two, Cherry Darling, Planet Terror, slash Grindhouse because she's in both. Oh, but she's not. I don't know. If she, I don't think she's playing Cherry in 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 because uh, she's a blonde at that point yeah that's a great pick yeah i i had her on my honorable mentions so yeah see there's so many that just have to be mentioned another one you could say from the dirty south or is is, is texas dirty south because i mean they have the best barbecue in texas so <laughs> i don't know best in okay. texas Riley Keough would definitely have been in Planet Terror if it came out ten years later. Texas Barbecue yes. is overrated, just like Whataburger is. That's that's why Vengeance is not a good movie, Terry. But okay. See, you're just showing that you are getting too ingrained in the Midwest. That's true. That that's yeah. really why you hate you they hate these, anything that takes place in Texas. You are you just have a negative. Didn't uh, you have a roommate attitude. from Texas once in your life? The guy yeah. who had the Texas flag in his car. From Dallas. That's the only thing I remember about him. Yeah, Kyle was that his name? Yeah, Kyle from Dallas. Kyle. Kyle from Dallas, yeah. Shout out to Kyle from Dallas. I'm sure he's listening to this. <laughs> All right, number two, Zach. All right, my number two, I'm going with a prop here. It is one of the great movies of the 90s. It's a top This is your prop? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with from the great Adam oh. Gillian oh, Canadian yeah. classic Exotica, which even Todd likes. I'm going with Mia Kirshner's performance as Christina, a.k.a. Little Chrissy. Um, she is, I, I mean, this is my series. Well, you'll see what my number one pick is. But this is actually the best stripper, okay? She owns this club, all right? All the other strippers are just doing their own thing. By the way, Exotica, 
far and away, another sub power ranking we could do best strip clubs. This is obviously the greatest strip club in movie history. It's got this kind of like South American vibe to it. There's like toucans and weird sort of bushes. It almost looks like you're in the movie Jumanji a little bit. There's almost like rock formations that come out. There's also rock formations and showgirls too, but this is a lot more realistic. And, and Chrissy is kind of this, doing this showgirl, this like schoolgirl thing. Um, you know, Eric, the DJ is obsessed with her. And that's a real storyline in the movie. Eric, the DJ, one of the great movie douches of all time, um, played by Elias Coteas. And he's a real Chrissy. Oh yeah. You like that innocence, don't you? And, um, it's just really annoying. It gets in the way of her show, but she's still an adamant performer. She performs in spite of DJ Eric's relentless commentary you know it's like listening to tony romo it's just grating at this point anyway she is involved with this labyrinthine plot in the movie and she's a great dancer she performs get get this do you remember what song she performs to todd it's one of the all-time great striptease songs that now when i hear this song i can only think of this movie and her dancing to it it's leonard cohen's everybody knows everybody knows and it's a great song great canadian song to use for the greatest canadian movie of all time I, I freaking love this movie, man. We, it, 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 you know, two years, we're going to go up on this thing and we're going to deep dive Exotica because there's I got a lot to say about it. And Mia Kirshner is a big reason why. And I, I love that movie. We have to assign it to Terry at some point before I know. we do that. I, but, well, um, we can assign it before the deep dive, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had her as an honorable mention as well. Like, I mean, I I really like that movie too. I <laughs> I was not expecting to when when you when you had me watch it back. What like a year ago or something? I, can, I don't remember when that was. It's when a you great said, movie. When you said prop, I thought you meant you were going to do a gimmick for that pick. That so I was like, oh, oh this is your gimmick. <laughs> the Great Mouse Detective wasn't your gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait until my That's number true. one. <laughs> All right, Todd, number two. Uh, my number two is one of the uh, strippers that was nominated for an Oscar for, or the actor that was nominated for an Oscar playing a stripper, yeah. and that is uh, Natalie Portman's character, Alice Ayers in Closer. Uh, I previously mentioned Closer uh, for Best Fictional Doctors. It was a list that we did, apparently. I don't remember doing that. Dr. Larry. Um, yeah, Dr. Larry. And, Dr. Uh, Bob. Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob, and Dr. Larry, they got to be working together, right? Both just call me doctors. Bob MD. It's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Closer is is a movie that's it's my obsession. I don't know. I, I've I've watched that movie a lot. It's in my top 100, which is kind of inexplicable because I don't know anybody else that really loves it like to that extent, other than maybe the Golden Globe voters. But uh, yeah, Natalie Portman's character actually has a relationship with that doctor that we were talking about. Um, her name's Alice or Jane, I guess, uh, depending on which part of the movie you're watching. But yeah, her her stripping is actually really interesting because she wears a pink wig and her it's like a really classy strip club too. Um, yeah, I don't know. She, she She's just a really interesting character and nominated for an Oscar, of course. Natalie Portman's maybe her finest hour or maybe top three. I don't know. Yeah. And sad that neither of you mentioned her. Well, it was going to be a Todd pick. I mean, Closer cl closer is, I think, verified IP Todd property. We're not allowed to bring it up unless you bring it up first. It's kind of like how we can't talk about A Man Called Otto without Terry mentioning it first. I think it's now just your <laughs> At least property. one of us has seen that now. <laughs> yeah, and it got the, the review I expected it to get when Zach saw it. So mm -hmm. The same review we gave the trailer. <laughs> 
Pretty much, pretty much, which means he slept through half of it. That's not um, well. No, I did. I did. Sleep <laughs> I, I must confess. <laughs> that usually makes you like it, though. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number one. Number one on my list. Um, I, I, I mean, I could have like spread this out a little more, but I didn't uh, because I'm going back to the world of Robert Rodriguez slash Quentin Tarantino because there was only one answer that could be number one, and that's Selma Hayek as Sent. Santanico Pandemonium in From yes. Dusk Till Dawn. I mean, if this is inspired by Magic Mike, why not have the co-star of Magic Mike's Last Dance as the number one? Uh, she's got one scene, and then she turns into a zombie. And, I mean, that's all you need to know about From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, <laughs> but that one scene is pretty outstanding, and it it's what puts Selma Hayek on the map. It's one of the things that made this movie so uh, so memorable, and uh, I mean, Zach, you were asking questions about uh, you know how much of a turn Harvey Keitel took. He went from being naked in every movie to being a priest watching <laughs> Selma Hayek's script. That that was a comment I was going to give, but I saved it for now. Wow, because that's it was beautiful. my number one. <laughs> well, and and, oh. and it ties it back into the Magic Mike movie, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. Uh, Santa Nico Pandemonium, which is another great name. Yeah, I had uh, her on, on my honorable mentions, as well as her performance in Dogma, because she's also a stripper in that movie. Oh wow! So, so everyone, everyone on my list is either a stripper turning to a life of crime, a stripper fighting zombies, or a stripper turning into one. So <laughs> <laughs> that is that's quite the distinction. There, there is a very big oversight on Terry's list that I will get to on my honorable mentions, but uh, okay, we will see. Yeah, it might be on mine. I don't know. There were no, there it's were not. It, really... it would be on your list if you've thought of it. Okay. <laughs> Although it's a TV thing, not a movie thing. Oh, yeah. I couldn't think of any TV Were there stuff, strippers on sure. Bands of Brothers? <laughs> they go there into the, no... the, board, the red light district in Hamburg no. maybe one night. David Schwimmer. Well, you they, know, they, do, they do go hook up with a bunch of ladies at one point, but I don't think they were strippers. They weren't strippers. No. No. Dang it. <laughs> that would have stuck one. with it. Okay, well... <laughs> I think we have a lot of gender bias here. These have all been female strippers. So my number one stripper is actually a man. It's not Magic Mike. I think we can just acknowledge that Magic Mike is the greatest you know, stripper. It's just a boring to say. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's just kind of like saying Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback. We all know it. We don't need to say anything else about it. The greatest stripper of all time, my number one, comes from the world of TV. So I'm a little surprised that Terry didn't think about it. I think it's an oversight on his list because I think he at this point he's a bigger fan of this show than I am. But when this sketch came out, I think exactly it changed, it changed exactly the world. my thoughts. Oh. And with Patrick Swayze uh, <laughs> doing ad, ad admirable backup work, the number one stripper of all time has to be Chris Farley in the Chippendales sketch because I mean, you want a uh, piece of my heart? <laughs> His moves are amazing. It's a, it's an unbelievable feat of acting. Uh, it's something that could not ever be replicated. It's something that has been preserved in, in our memory and time forever. There's a great article on here uh, from uh, Ranker that talks about different people's reactions to it. Um, Robert Smigel says one of the f- funniest sketches on the show. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 oh, gosh, I got to find. There was a really good one. That's Kevin Nealon said it was the most difficult sketch he ever had to be in without laughing. Um, and Bob Odenkirk apparently wasn't a fan of it. But 
Uh, it's a great. Oh, sketch. and Nealon was a complete stone face in that too. Like that was that was one of yeah. the things I was going to say is how in the world I be- how in the world did Kevin Nealon, Mike Myers, and Jan Hooks not laugh their asses off throughout that entire thing? I believe that uh, Chris Farley's name in that sketch was Barney, which makes it even better. And um, it's just amazing. I mean, he goes pound for pound with Patrick Swayze. It's, the, you know, two of the great RIP to both of them, two of the great talents of all time in an all time sketch. I think if you're going to take a single sketch to, that says that crystallizes the 90s, what made the 90s SNL great, it's that one. And uh, there's no more that needs to be said. It's the great. He's the greatest uh, exotic dancer stripper of all time. He, he stole put, the sketch. He from put Magic Patrick Mike Swayze. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 yeah, inexplicably right. not on Terry's forgot list. about that. Yeah, I, that's a, that is a complete. <laughs> and omission. like I said, it would have been on your list if you had thought of it. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. One needed to be mentioned. mentioned. Oh man, gosh, yes, absolutely. Well done. Yeah, when when you hear that song, uh, you think of that sketch, right? That yeah. It, it it's it's just an association now all the time yep yep stoned in uh, memory all right todd number one it's interesting i i had seven honorable mentions and five of them were mentioned on other lists so that's, that's pretty cool um <laughs> uh my number one of course i mean you could guess it i also mentioned the movie on Rubble. best sports movies uh it is uh cassidy one nominated for an oscar and, uh, and not, all, not all girls can r- ride the pole like that exactly 90s 90s sucked uh, apparently uh um yeah cassidy or uh do you remember her actual name anybody hot aunt may pam her name was pam mm. in the movie um yeah i don't know but it's but that, that is there is something to be said about a great stripper character that's developed to the point that you actually do know what her actual name is and uh it, it is one of the like biggest warmest hearted performances that you could think of in like uh that, or at least that i could think of especially for a stripper and uh, yeah it's one of those it's a stripper with the heart of gold or whatever i don't care it's it's uh it's a perfect performance in a perfect movie see that's another one yeah. i didn't go with because i knew you were you were gonna go with it but you but then you said that no stripper been i know <laughs> and then as soon as you said as soon as you said uh, <clears throat> i was like oh yeah marissa tomei and i hadn't even i and you both forgot of them about you Both are on my him. honorable mentions. Both are on my honorable mentions. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Terry. Yeah, I just forgot. I, but so I, we in have... the moment, I was like, oh, well, maybe. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm an idiot. That's really what's going on here. But... We have Salma Hayek, Marissa Tomei, and Chris Farley. <laughs> Chris Farley. <laughs> Beautiful. I would go to that strip club. Absolutely. I would bounce for that strip club. There we go. Well, let's, let's recap this five to one. Number five on my list. Uh, Taylor Page from Zola. Number four, Demi Moore from Striptease. Number three, Jennifer Lopez from Hustlers. Number two, Rose McGowan from Planet Terror. Number one, Selma Hayek from from Dusk Till Dawn. Zach. I guess we're going with the actors, not the characters. But okay, I can do that. I got to look up who played Mercedes Cortez. <laughs> well, that's just who I have <laughs> down. You can do, go with whatever you want. Go with whatever you want. I had character names mostly. I went with okay. Rocket in Kill Bill Volume Two. Rocket. Uh, number four was Rocket. Uh, Elizabeth the stripper slash Ben Franklin from The Office, which Todd should watch uh, and maybe uh-huh. get the reference. Number three, the female mice from The Great Mouse Detective. That was a bust. Someone out there knows what I'm talking about. Number two, um, Mia Kirshner uh, as as little Chrissy in Exotica. 
and she really is the best, but that's okay. And number one is Chris Farley as the Chippendales dancer, Barney. He never, he's just auditioning. He never actually becomes one. That's true. He yeah. I don't know if he gets the job. Pat, yeah. No, Patrick Swayze gets the job. Yeah. It's sad. It Tragic is. ending. I, yeah. How did they not laugh? I don't know. All right. Todd. Uh, okay. My number five is Feruza Balk, apparently, as Mercedes Cortez in Wow. Out of Vice City, which I did not know. <laughs> um, we interrupt this broadcast. Breaking news Feruza Balk played that. <laughs> Uh, number four, we have Kristen Stewart as Mallory and Welcome to the Rileys. Number three, Riley Keough as Stefani in Zola. Number two, Natalie Portman's Oscar-nominated performance as Alice in Closer. And number one, Marcia Tomei's Oscar-nominated performance as Cassidy or Pam in The Wrestler. You're telling me that there was no episode of Boy Meets World where they went to a strip club? They did. I mean, okay, th there was a place that they went to called Clavage. Uh, and I, it, it wasn't really a strip club. It was more like a Hooters kind of thing, but they do do this like booty dance thing. And, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really consider it a strip club, but there is a scene at the end of that episode where all of the guys, uh, do a, it's almost like a strip tease for all of the women, because it is a, a, a episode about how <laughs> the men are sort of like, uh, having to do guy things and, uh, they do something for the women at the end. I don't know. I would, I considered that I really did about I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think I'm they sure were. You, did. <laughs> you, you don't remember that episode? No, I remember an episode of Family Matters where Carl goes to a strip club on assignment, and uh, Harriet takes mm. him to task for it. That's probably the. But we got we got a, a good array of strip club representation on on TGIF. Yeah, it, it, the the Boomies World one. It was in the college episodes. So oh, uh, came later. Yeah. Wasn't well, the I mean, but was the redhead again, possibly a stripper? She could have been a stripper. She, I think, she says in that episode that she works, that she worked at that place. But I think she was a, like a waitress or something. Mm -hmm. Waitress. I think she Clavage. needs she. She's a, a honorable mention on your list. She's got to be speculative, but you know. All right. Yes. Well, let's talk honorable mentions before <laughs> I get to my honorable mentions. So. um ironically earlier today i was listening to a to conan o'brien's podcast and it was one of his fan episodes and the fan that had called in was a stripper from michigan and uh one of the things i wanted to mention is she threw out a couple other names uh that uh she's heard for strippers that she really liked one is midnight ballerina and another one is a naked therapist which i i kind of liked i thought that one was pretty good uh anyway so my uh my honorable mentions um it's funny. Todd said a lot of his honorable mentions were mentioned. I've got a bunch that aren't or that haven't been. Uh, if I was going to go with uh, a Magic Mike one, I was going to go with Matthew McConaughey for Magic Mike. Um, one that I wanted to put on the list, but I didn't have room for, and I think counts, especially if you include Exotic Dancer, kind of, is Jenny from Forrest Gump. Yes, I, mean, I have her listed. Yeah, she oh, yeah. her naked guitar playing totally counts. Um, the entire cast of the Full Monty uh, has to be mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. obviously Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls, Jessica Alba in Sin City. Um, then uh, if you if you're gonna expand the to the exotic dancers, uh, Satine Moulin Rouge, you gotta you gotta mention that. I That's mean, iffy. I don't exotic dance. I I think if you're talking, how like, is she gonna take off her clothes on that freaking swing? I don't think you could you could do that. She's like suspended in the air like Rihanna at the Super Bowl. I don't think you can physically do that. 
I mean, turn of the 20th century exotic dancing looks like the Moulin Rouge. And the last one I'm going to mention, I think counts. I'm going to go with the bedroom girl from Triple X. Yeah, she had to be mentioned. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is that really a stripper, though? I I mean, I don't know. She's working that pole pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She has the talent to be a stripper if she doesn't want. Absolutely. Okay, Zach. Okay, uh, I also had Jenny Janae Gump written down. And similar to Triple X, I had the Spearmint Rhino Dancer for Matt, Matchstick Men. Um, probably could have played that role in Triple X too. Uh, George Costanza's uh, stripper name is Buck Naked on Seinfeld, so I think he deserves an honorable mention. I was wondering if you'd mentioned George. Uh, my Magic Mike dancer is Tarzan. Uh, Tarzan has the funniest moments, and he makes a cameo appearance in the third one. Is that the Joe Manganiello character? Uh, I believe so. Uh, the the <laughs> one that is uh, really missing from my top five that I wanted to put on, but only Todd's going to get this reference, is Tracy from The Sopranos. Do you remember the episode where Joe Joey Pants beats the shit out of her and ends up killing her? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like it's not it's not funny. It would be like if we deep dove capturing the Freemans. I mean, it's a great like you know needle reference, but like it's a horrifying episode, and and her performance yeah. in it is great. Like that shit's for real, and and that's one of my favorite episodes. The episode is called College, by the way. And I think it's from season three um uh let's see oh showgirls obviously i mean we could we could run down the whole cast of showgirls uh heather graham in the hangover diablo cody in real life gwen wells in nashville maxine um and then i didn't know where to put her but what about lily von stuck i mean she is an, an erotic performer going and coming and going and coming and always too soon is that the is that a 10 gallon hat or are you just happy to see me uh, it kind of sounds like my Herzog impression a little bit, uh, but uh, <laughs> it is German. Uh, Madeline Kahn in Blazing Saddles for the, for the, for the, for the uh, uninformed. Uh, wow, that must have really went over your guys. And Norm Metzler would have liked that reference, so shout out to he Norm. Totally would have. By the way, uh, Tarzan was played by Kevin Nash. Joe Manganiello okay. was Big Dick Richie. Oh, well, Just I failed the Magic case. Mike test. Yeah. So, now, so now Blazing been, Saddles was Woody Page has been told, Tony Reale. Uh, on uh, on uh, the Almost Sideways podcast, oh, I used I to have a when I'm in my classroom. I have a class. Uh, I have a uh, like a chalkboard behind me. It just says positive, encouraging things. Though I got to change that. <laughs> yeah, you can't be positive and encouraging in your no. classroom. What are you doing? <laughs> no, on the podcast, I can't. Oh be positive yeah, yeah. And encouraging. What were you going to say about Blazing Saddles, Todd? I'm uh, so it was it was co-written by the guy who directed Striptease. That was what I was going to say. Nice. Because it all comes together. Just, yeah, and he also looks like he directed a couple of Nicolas Cage movies. So it really comes together. Um, I just thought that was weird because I saw that earlier. I was like, why is this guy nominated for an Oscar for direct- and it was the director of Striptease? I was like, oh, he was one of the five writers on Blazing Saddles. Okay, uh, okay my honorable mentions, I have... Um, they and now have all been mentioned. Uh, Cherry Darling from Planet Terror, Nancy Callahan from Sin City, uh, both of the Salma Hayek performances, Magic Mike, Dave in the Full Monty, which is the Mark Addy character because he's oh, like, yeah. he's been my favorite always. Um, Chris Farley in Chippendales and Christina in Exotica. So impressive. We 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 I think we covered everything. I think that was every <laughs> single stripper that has ever been depicted in a movie or TV show. <laughs> I don't think we missed any. Uh, oh, I'm sure we missed plenty. I, I kept on looking up lists, and there were ones like, "Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that." 
Like apparently Vivica A. Fox played a stripper in Independence Day. I never saw. Really? That. Yeah, that, which That's is why it's on my Adam list. <laughs> okay, well let's get to Adam's list. All right, predicting Adam's on uh, Adam's uh, not honorable mention. Adam's power rankings of the best strippers. Okay, <laughs> we can't predict uh, his honorable mentions. That'd be ridiculous. That would be what, ridiculous. What what video game is he going to mention? And what Batman movie had a <laughs> had a stripper in it? Well, here here we go. Uh, my number five is Harley Quinn in any animated Batman movie. <sighs> Yeah, that's uh, good. Number four is Joe Manganiello in Magic Mike XXL. I'm saying he's going to mention it from that one. Uh, number three, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. Number two, Jessica Alba in City. Number one, Hot at May in uh, The Wrestler. <laughs> he really wrote Hot at May. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if he did, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Can we also clarify this? This was oh, the, oh, that was your okay, that was my you. prediction. That was my prediction. This was our <laughs> pre-show discussion. Adam submitted three iterations of this list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. How that influences our guesses, but I don't think that's ever happened the, the before. First, right? The first two were submitted when we decided this was a this was a power ranking, and the third was submitted earlier today when we were actually going to reveal it. I love so, that he's been thinking about this. That makes it so yeah. much more meaningful. Because he and did, worth he, it. he he forgot that we were uh, that we were taking the week off for the Super Bowl. So I think he just thought of more strippers. Uh, that could be too. That could be too. He's All right. Doing research. Zach, what's yours? <laughs> My list is boring. I just I went with Maxine, number five, number four, Jessica Alba, number three, Cherry Darling, number two, Salma Hayek, and number one. Um she she, she made the poll, but she stood she stuck in her trailer, which uh Mickey called out during his acceptance speech. Mar- Marissa Tomei, Aunt Ho- Hot Aunt May, not Aunt Hot May. <laughs> Oh, okay. Number five, Jade in The Hangover. Number four, Magic Mike. Number three, Jasmine Dubrow in Independence Day. Number two, Santino Santanico Pandemonium in uh, From Dust to Dawn. And number one is Cassidy in The Wrestler, played by obviously Hot Anime. Oscar nominated, Oscar winning Hot Anime. All right, here we go. The Harley Quinn was a good pick, Terry. That if that, I hope that yeah. makes this list just because I, I completely I hope so too. forgot that. that I hope was, so too. That was a nice poll. Okay, here we go. Uh, his list, honorable mentions, The Men in The Full Monty. Uh, Cherry Darling, uh, played by Rose McGowan in Planet Terror. Um, Chastity, off-screen stripper referenced in opening divorce scene in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a great just, pull. Just fantastic. Um, uh, Zola, played by Taylor Page and Zola. Cousin Vicky, played by Shay Delin in Vegas Vacation. Now we're talking. And the pole position dancers in Grand Theft Auto 4. Hmm. <laughs> controversial. Do they, do they go back to Vice City? And... No, they don't. It's I don't know. There must be a pole position in in the, in Liberty City. Because it's all in Liberty City. Or is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Number five. Zora, played by Joanna Cassidy in Blade Runner. Did not realize she was a stripper. No. Number four, Rose O'Reilly, played by Jennifer Aniston in We're the Millers. That's an Adam see, they, see, okay, so that was what I was thinking. Like, does he think that people who have a stripping scene are strippers? Like, I don't know. I mean, there was a there's a gray area there, but yeah, okay. Number three, Nancy Callahan, played by Jessica Alba in Sin City. Number two, Santa Nico Pandemonium, played by Salma Hayek in From Dusk Till Dawn. And number one, 
Cassidy played by Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler. So I got two. I got two. I got two in the and they were in the right spot, but Zach did as well. And he got another one apparently. You got you got three, Zach? <laughs> yeah, I got Jessica Alba, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek's name, by the way, Selma Hayek Pinot. Can we get that right for Oh, now? that's true. That's true. And uh Mar- Marisa. Marisa. It doesn't look like the pole position is in Liberty City. Oh, well then. It's it's only in Vice City. But there's another there's another spot in Vice City too, right? I, I feel like there's more than just the pole position in Vice. No, City. the pole position is only strip club. I mean, there's like oh. the like the the whorehouse. Malibu and... Club, isn't there the Malibu Club? Yeah, but that's a nightclub. I think that's a nightclub. Okay. I haven't played Vice City in a long time. I haven't played any of them in a long time. I gotta fix that. At least, at least I wasn't right. the only one to mention Grand Theft Auto. So Zach wins again. It's a streak. Is it? Is this like? Is this the third in a row? Did he pick vacations gone wrong? No, Todd picked no, vacations I, I gone wrong. Okay, second that in is a row. Zach's thirty-first win. Terry has twenty-eight. I have forty-five. Catching up. We've been, we've been doing this a long time. That's that, that's what I've started <laughs> taking as, as we hear that. Yeah, seriously. All right. It is time for trivia. Are you ready? Well, let's hope so. Oh, I forgot about this. John Boyd is a slap in the face. This is going downhill quick. Trivia. And for trivia, Zach, you assigned us to watch, and you get to be the you get to pick who goes first. I'm going to start with Terry because I assigned Terry two movies and he picked the one that I didn't really expect or want him to pick. So because I don't really remember it that well. But go ahead, Terry. Tell us how you spent your four hours watching classic Japanese cinema. Yes, three hours. Yeah, at three, three hours and 27 minutes. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I uh, I was assigned. First off, I, I didn't mention earlier. So Zach didn't realize he's supposed to catch up on on movies. I've been working on catching up on there were seven movies we nominated for major awards that I hadn't watched yet. So I had to watch a three and a half hour movie this week and start to catch up on those. Thank goodness. I had a couple snow days this week. So, um, I, I watched seven samurai. I watched my first Akira Kurosawa movie. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's about, uh, this, uh, small village that's being raided by bandits. And as a last stitch effort, they go out and try to recruit some samurai to help defend their town, defend their village. And, uh, they find, uh, a guy who's willing to, uh, to take on the task and he, uh, recruits some others because he feel figures they're going to need seven to defend the, the village. And hence there are the seven samurai. And honestly, I don't know why I, I, it was three and a half hours. I watched the whole thing. I don't know why this needed to be three and a half hours. Like I'm, I'm talking about it now. I'm like a village is attacked. They find samurai, the samurai come, they defend the village. Well, how was that three and a half hours? I honestly don't know. But anyways, it's a really cool movie. Uh, you can see how uh, just by watching this, you can see how Kurosawa influenced so much of cinema. And so much was pulled from what he did and how he how he shot, how he constructed a story, how he uh, how he made his characters, how he had this group of guys playing off of each other. I mean, anytime you have a group 
a large group like all working together i i feel like there's a bit of of this in there uh so um it just for that alone the fact that it's been so influential and and uh and is used so much since and it's that landmark it's a masterpiece in just that sense and it's it's a it's a cool movie i mean like i said it's three and a half hours it's engaging i don't know where the three and a half hours went as i was watching it um again i don't know why it had to be three and a half hours i will say one of the characters was uh kiyo i felt was really annoying and they they found oh. him endearing but apparently oh. he was uh, would apparently he was endearing but i just thought he was annoying half the time um but uh no it's a four-star movie it, it, i mean it's one of those that you you almost have to give four stars if you've seen it because it's just it's it's so good and it's so uh it's so important to cinema a movie like this so there we go i've watched a i've watched a kurosawa movie well i'm glad because you didn't you you have a little bit more credibility now although man called auto is still your fourth favorite movie last year i believe but uh i love seven samurai it has been a while since i've seen it but i here are a few things that that strike me about it okay it first of all tells a gripping story and you meet a lot of characters in the movie and you understand the situation really well the staging of the fight scenes in that movie is amazing. There's a few sequences that are shot in the rain and the mud, and you can really just feel like it's on location. It doesn't feel like studio fighting at all, which is, I think, kind of rare for an older movie like that. And then Mufune, you know, Toshiro Mufune, one of the great all-time actors. What I was hoping you would say was not that he was annoying, but he was kind of the precursor to Jimmy Dugan. I mean, the guy is like, a, he's a drunk. <laughs> he's hilarious. He probably grabs his groin a few times, but he's definitely someone who is, you know, this elder kind of buffoon, and he is absolutely magnificent in the movie. He's my best actor of 1954 over Marlon Brando, and uh, he steals the show for this movie. I think he's wonderful, hilarious, and that was one of the best things about Kurosawa is that he could sometimes make very serious, you know, solemn, sober samurai movies, but then find these pockets of humor, and often Mifune was a, a fairly funny character. So I love the movie, and I love it more than... Uh, the 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 Magnificent Seven, and uh, I'm glad you've now joined the club of uh, Kurosawa because he was a great director. See, and I've never even seen the Magnificent Seven, yeah, so it's not, not as good. Certainly yeah. not the, the the remake. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I, I, I don't know. I don't about think either the, version of Magnificent Seven is very good, but okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Seven Samurai is amazing. I, I I've seen it once, but I mean, the, yeah, it, it is fully ingrained in my head. It's um. I, I mean, I love Kurosawa movies. It's the yeah, the battles are insane, and I mean, and especially for the budget they were working with, it, it's 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 unbelievable. Well, and then like you compare it to like American movies from that era, which you know, like Johnny Guitar or you know, uh, Ride the High Country. I mean, some of those are good movies. You would think of it, Western. I mean, the movie is essentially Western. It just looks so much more realistic and gritty, and it feels like a movie that's probably more out of the seventies and the fifties in terms of its like kind of um a bit of like uh uh what's the word um the worldview is a little bit darker and more cynical and then just the staging is it's not on a studio it just feels a lot more gritty and raw so i don't know i just i it, it's, it's a great movie and it's you know ranked high on those lists for many many reasons but it is actually a fun movie to watch and i appreciate that you spent three and a half hours watching it when you could have watched a great hour and 25 minute french film but uh kudos kudos to you and your snow days well, you, you gave me a Kurosawa movie. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take use this as my excuse to finally watch a Kurosawa movie. I mean, it was true. the highest ranked movie on the IMDb Top 250 that I hadn't seen, I think. I think. Isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like in the top 10, isn't it? Like, I it's, mean, it, it's number 20. Right 
Okay. I, I, I remember a time when it was in the sure. top five. Oh. Yeah, it's down to twenty, and I and I was wrong. There's one above it that I haven't seen because I've never I haven't seen the good, the bad, and the ugly yet. Um, and that's number ten right now on the top two fifty. Where's everything everywhere all at once? Is that is not, that top five? Now? It's not on there anymore. People it's don't not on the like top two fifty. Well, it won the won the PGA, so yeah. By the way, Zach, uh, you're messing up our website because it wasn't released in America until 1956, and you have it listed as your number one of 1954. But it's a 1954 movie. I mean, come no, on. it's not. It was, it was nominated for Oscars. It was in nominated for Oscars in '56. Yeah. Well, Steph, I, we have to move beyond the American worldview, but uh, okay, whatever. I'm 56 is a worse year than 54, so I guess I'll take that. Okay. Yeah, I have right. I have I have uh, Mifune number three for best actor in fifty six, behind Akiru and uh, Charles and Heston for the Ten Commandments, of course. Because I thought Akiru was before Seven Samurai. That's like nineteen fifty two, isn't it? And that's what year I have it listed. Mm. I mean, it probably was another one of those things where U.S. Yeah, release. released them around the same time. All right. I don't know. Screw it. Todd, what'd you um, watch? I watched um, <laughs> the 1993 Mike Figgis directed movie called Mr. Jones, uh, which is played by Richard Gere, and you never actually figure out his first name. He is like this kind of, I mean, he's portrayed as like a free spirit kind of guy, and he has crazy impulses, like he's like walking on a beam atop a rooftop, and then he like tries to take like Lydia Tarr's conducting stick or something, but then he's institutionalized <laughs> Uh, where the doctor finds that he's bipolar, but he refuses to be treated as bipolar. And then they have a romantic relationship. Uh, like, sure. Um, uh, Richard Gere is fine. He's w- way against type, though, which is interesting. Because it, there's to be something we said about casting, like, a really, like, good-looking person as a as person having a disorder. It's not usually what we get, but him. It's, so it's interesting having him there. Um, Lena Olin is the doctor, and she's good. I actually have her getting nominated for future 2024 Best Picture winner uh, this year, which Ooh. check out my predictions. Um, Delroy Lindo plays his friend, and Bancroft is in there, friend of the podcast. Uh, Bruce Altman is also in the movie. Um, this uh, it, The movie's pretty manipulative, and it's absolutely a 90s movie. It, it treats just like mental illness as like a fun, quirky plot device. It's a weird turn for Figgis, but I mean, it's, it's right in line with what Eric Roth writes because uh, he is the, the writer of this movie. It's like, it, I, I'm usually fascinated by watching my favorite movies, like filmmakers, other movies, because most of them typically suck. Like, I don't know why my favorite movies are by like these auteurs that never really did anything else good, but it's it, it's interesting. This one isn't entirely different. It's, it's just not the same tone as his other stuff, like Internal Affairs. And obviously, even Las Vegas and even like Hotel, they're very gritty and dire. This one's like sort of quirky. Like, he, he obviously has talent, but it really wasn't shown until he actually wrote his own movie, which was Leaving Las Vegas. It's a, uh, it's, it's kind of exaggerated and crazy and a little excruciating to watch, and not necessarily in like a good way. It's, um, I wanted something more unhinged and depressing, but uh, this is like romantic <laughs> and it's romantic and, uh, and like a dark comedy, it wasn't really what I was looking for. I'm giving it two stars. It's fine, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, why, why, why does Mike Figgis not have any other great movies? Why does like Michael Cimino not have any other great movies? I don't know. Well, listen, I didn't assign it to you because it's a great movie. I think I only give it three stars as well. I assigned it to you because, like watching the paper, 
uh, with Hot Aunt May, um, you can get a lot of great gratification watching this movie, seeing the movie that Figgis made before his masterpiece. And I think there is a lot of Nicolas Cage's character from Leaving Las Vegas in the Richard Gere character. And I also got to say, I can't think of another movie that ever had a lead character that was bipolar. And I think in a weird way, this movie is kind of like ahead of its time. I don't think bipolar disorder was treated very seriously until maybe about 10 or 15 years ago. And this movie does not make fun of him. It doesn't uh, it doesn't show him in the I mean, it does show him in some depths of despair, but it doesn't make his life necessarily a tragedy. I kind of sound like Joker. I thought my life was a tragedy, but it's actually comedy. I mean, it is kind of like that character in the movie. And I think Richard Gere is amazing in it. It's maybe I think maybe his best performance. And um, you're right, the, 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 the romantic subplot is lame and phoned in and all that. But like, think about him like, you know, jumping on that rafter on the high rise and the construction. Pro- I mean, that's like a, that's like something that Nicolas Cage would do. And there's not a lot of other actors who would pull off a role like that convincingly. And then he's, he does have his Lydia Tarr scene, which is a great pull, by the way. Um, really, it's just the I mean, I guess it's just the opening half hour of this movie that I love. But I kind of think it like it's a great opening 30 minutes to the movie. And I think there's a lot of Ben Sanderson in this character. That's just kind of fascinating to watch. And I think T- Figgis is a talented filmmaker. And I, I'm, I'm glad you saw it. Obviously, it's not a great movie, but it needed to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I would have come across it at some point. I do try to tick off like all these all these movies. Like I said, most of them suck. Like watching like the Sun Chasers and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm kind of done like watching these random. Did you ever movies. see that the loss of sexual innocence? Because that's an interesting Mike Figgis I've movie. that one. Uh, that had a very similar experience to me watching Triangle of Sadness, which is that I was prepared to give it like one and a half stars until the last 30 minutes. But I don't really remember what happened in the last 30 minutes, except that I woke up. <laughs> so, But it is that one was a, a the good last 30 minutes. All right. Did you ever All see right. the one that he did with like the security camera footage? You know what I'm talking about? The time code? Was that it? Where he did like four, like it was a split screen four ways. And that was the whole movie. He did that, I think. Uh, I've never seen time, time code. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of his even after leaving Las Vegas, it's like he worked with a smaller budget because there was one like it was hotel that was like looked like it was shot for like five dollars, like in two thousand. That's just like kind it, of his thing, yeah. Shooting for minimal budgets. All right, Terry's ready to move on. I, I, Enough my biggest conversation. Talking, I mean, it, it, I'm just not in the conversation, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Zach, you're hosting trivia. I don't know if you knew that, but you're hosting uh, trivia. Yes, I am. Those are uh, the rules. Yes. So uh, this trivia, it, we're going to do, uh, we're not going to do it one by one. Just just get out your, your pens and paper and whatever. And okay. Because this is an amusing category. At least I think it's amusing. And I'm sure your answers will be very amusing too. We're doing some trivia about, uh, it, this is not indulgent or anything, about the almost sideways footprint in social media. I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, <laughs> what we have put out there. And I don't know if this uh, this is too embarrassing to mention, but some of these are, are pretty interesting oh, statistics. Man. So we're going to start with the first question. Uh, the clo- first, the clo- for person who gets this the closest will get a point. How many subscribers do we have on Twitter right now? On Twitter? Which Todd doesn't even use for some reason. I know. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is definitely helping Terry's cause. Followers on Twitter, the closest number will we'll get the point. 
Uh, okay, so Terry says 1,135. No, 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 no. That's question number one. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that's quite a few followers. Uh, Terry gets the point. Todd is way off. The number is 177. Oh, but I was going to so say. Why, why do we have I, so many more followers on YouTube? Well, that's my uh, next question. YouTube. How many followers to the closest number do we have on YouTube? If you listen to the... Uh, Adam Daly notes. <laughs> uh, actually, Todd gets the point for this one. It is four hundred and twenty. So I, I, I said one thousand one hundred thirty-five. So I should I should get like an extra point because I got it exactly right. That's not how you normally do your arbitrary. Okay, rules. I'll give you. Is it I'll exactly you right point. right now? Yeah, it's four. It's four hundred twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty. Wow. Oh yeah. Can we put a bounce a wow wow or something? Uh, <laughs> I mean, for cocaine beer, right? Um. Okay. Uh, oh, shoot. I have to get on this for... Okay. Name a movie on our Almost Sideways channel that was reviewed by Adam. Wait, are we going back and forth? Uh, no. Well, um, oh, I guess that's kind of interesting. Okay, yeah. Good, let's do it. I like that idea. All right. We'll start with you, Terry. What was Wait, the movie? Wait, on, on our channel on, on YouTube? On YouTube, right. On YouTube, not on right. not on the podcast. No, not on the podcast. It has to be a YouTube video with Adam reviewing a movie. And it okay, has to be so a I'm standalone, first... a standalone YouTube video of him reviewing a movie. Okay. Yes. A cocaine oh, bear. A stand oh, okay. Wait, oh, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. A standalone video. Yeah. Cocaine bear. Uh did he review that? Yeah, he did like last <laughs> night. It's he a, made he did a short not, from his car. A short, a short video. Yeah. Is it on here? Oh, I yeah. see it. Okay, okay, that counts. Fine. All right. Someone uh mud. Uh mud is correct. Paw Patrol the movie. Uh that that is sadly correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did that one with his daughter. I see I was I was thinking of ones that he actually reviewed and he posted the video, not the like the ones that he did individually. Uh oh man. Uh, prisoners. I believe that's correct. Uh, yes, prisoners it was also this week. Yes, it was. Did he post and it I don't know what what videos still exist that he did. Yeah. <laughs> There's some from um, the 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 latest Saw movie with Chris Rock. Gotta, we have to have a title. Gosh, dang it. Or he can it, give you a half point and give me the other half point because I know the title. <laughs> if it's if on I, the list. Yeah, I know it's on the list. I can see the 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 YouTube thumbnail in my head. You of go, Chris Rock just like I it's Do you want the half point or do you want a full point? It wasn't it wasn't another number. Alright, you're not thinking of was it. This I'm gonna is, give was you, this I, the one called Spiral? Yeah. Yeah, it was called Spiral. All right, I'll give yeah. you the point there. All right, Todd. This we'll only go a few more few more of these because this is getting I thought I am amazed you guys know this, man. I wouldn't have gotten any of these. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, oh, uh what's that what's that movie called? Five, four, three. Is that stupid horror movie he two, watched this year? One red and uh... black. No. I don't know. Red and black no. uh, cover. No. It's it's one word. It's like it's like I don't know. Like oh, or death or sick, sick. It's called sick. Yeah, it's sick. sick. Yeah. Sicko is a Michael Moore movie. 
<laughs> uh, I don't, I don't see gonna, it on here. I'm going to go with uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street because I did uh, it with him. He, uh, Those I, are two movies, so you don't get the point. Uh, <laughs> I don't get I'm the not point. Finding the oh, wait. Um, it's not an individual, like, one, yeah, one it's, standalone video. Oh, because it was two movies in one video? That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going to just say Terry gets three points and and Todd gets two points. Okay. So that that will even up the score and that actually puts you at a tie right now at four piece and we need to move <laughs> Wait, on from that. Question. How is that a tie? Well, because overall it's a tie. Todd. Todd had a. I got well, number one. He got number two, and I beat exactly him. right. I got a number got two. Exactly oh, right. He got, he got it exactly got right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. What is uh, the uh, number one most watched video um, that we have on our channel? And it's an Adam review of what awesomely bad Nicolas Cage movie. Wait, Adam reviews it? Yes. It's the number one viewed. Adam's review of an... What? Why? Why is it? No, there's no way. It's got to be mine. No. Oh, maybe. It's my (laughs) review. I, I know what it is. All right. Well, what? Well, what is it? What's what's the name? What's the review? What's the movie Terry, that's reviewed? Terry. Um. I thought this was Adam reviewing it. All right. Todd says next, and Terry says jujitsu. It is. It is next. <laughs> it's me. as my review. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, next question. Um, what? Is, what is the deep dive of ours that has the most views? Oh. That's a good question. I. It depends on which ones he posted. Um, you want a hint? No. No. Okay. I don't right. want a hint. All right. All right. Five, four, three, two. I mean, you guys are, are probably not going to get it, but okay. Uh, well, actually, I stand corrected. Terry got it. It is Shallow Hal is the correct answer. Home Alone, which ad, uh, which Todd picked, is not the correct answer. As it's like o- it's over it's always on the views. It's always like first one up on the homepage of the YouTube this, channel. This is very competitive. Okay, wow, <laughs> tied at five. Um, this is the first time you've ever looked at our YouTube page. <laughs> could be. Uh, <laughs> what is the most disliked video on our YouTube channel? It's a review of a movie. You can write down what the video is or what the movie is. I'll accept either. I think Adam would know the answer to this question. I mean, Adam would probably know the answer to all these questions. Adam would know all these. I don't know. Uh, Todd is correct. It is my review of the Sparks Brothers. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of that. I'm like, it's uh, the one that, that we shit on that everybody else loved. Yeah. Uh, it, it just I shows think... that we are not fans of the Sparks Brothers because Terry didn't even know the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> I so think may I, we start should have been nominated for an Oscar last I think year. I dislike that video too um, okay so which one of these films did Adam not photoshop a picture of himself on the video thumbnail oh, Scarface Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas Shaun of the Dead, The Hangover It's a Wonderful Life, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Us or Barton Fink which one didn't he sh- didn't put he, himself on? Didn't he of? pull a Paddington on Twitter and insert himself <laughs> on the cover next to? All right. Todd guesses us. Terry's guess is It's a Wonderful Life. No, believe it or not, he did both of those. 
beautiful internet art. The correct answer is Barton Fink because I'm pretty sure he doesn't know Barton Fink that well. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, Wait, did he watch that? Or was that my review? That was probably Terry's review. Oh. <laughs> well, it doesn't have Adam on it. So I think it's still a valid question. I, I thought about thought that. About. I'm like, wait a second. I, I thought, I think he did watch it though. I don't know. Okay. This is a two part question. Uh, two more questions, and they're both two part questions. First question What is the most, the most watched short is Adam's power ranking of which film trilogy? And for an extra point, what was his order of the trilogy? Oh, I believe this was pretty recent. Crap. Yeah, it was. Um, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, Todd, Todd gets two points. Todd was correct on both counts. I'm gonna, I, I can't remember that, but I'm gonna go that. Uh, no, that's not. Oh, correct. no, it's oh, no, it's rush hour. It's rush hour. It's rush hour. And he said, he said he went three, one, two. That's, I didn't see no. Tesla. I just remembered it. No. All right. Nobody has Rush Hour 3 as their number one. Or no, no, no. I'll he give, he I'll went give least you the a, greatest. He went least I'll the greatest. He said a, three was the worst. One was a, one was no. second. And two was the best. I'll give you a point. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. But no. He, 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 were, he went three to one. So uh, number three okay. was three. Number two was <laughs> one. Number one was two. I got it. Right, and fine, I didn't see what fine. he said. All right. Fine. Last question. Whatever. Todd leads by one point. You already Last. heard that you got it wrong. And that's what sparked your like, oh. No, no, no. Like, I, I, before he said it, I, I, I had it. It makes it more compelling because it's a okay. closer game. All right. The, the last question is worth five points anyway, right? Uh, no, it's <laughs> worth two points. Uh, the Okay. The two comments on Adam and Terry's recap of episode one of Band of Brothers are about which two characters? So there's two comments on that video. Name the characters from episode one of Band of Brothers that they are both referencing. I think that's a pretty fair question. I like how this was all social media and the first two questions were about our first question was about Twitter and the rest were about uh, or about uh, YouTube. All right. Uh, Todd says Spears and Live Live got Leap got and Terry says Sobel and Winters. The correct answer is Sobel and Meehan. So it's oh. still a tie game. Do we want to? Jeez. Spears wasn't even in episode one, you jackass. I did have a oh, tiebreaker. One. I did have <laughs> a tiebreaker question. Did you want the tiebreaker question? Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, it's also sort of a tiebreaker round off here. Name movies from Adam's top ten of 2013. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are we going back? Who's starting? Uh, Todd, you'll start because I made Terry start with the other one. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. That, that is correct. That's on the list. Number two. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't think. That um, was a hard, hard turn. <laughs> what really, we were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't even think of what, what what's going on that year. I mean, you're the one who's reviewing. I guess you're reviewing from 2003. Oh, and and I'm doing 2013 movies, but I've probably seen most of the ones that are on his list that were nominated for Oscars. Do you, do you have a guess? Argo. This. Argo is not on the 2013 list. It wasn't even 2013. Years. 12 Years a Slave. Nah, you already guessed. Todd <laughs> yeah. wins. Uh, 12 Years a Slave was his number seven, but uh, that was that was that was fun. I, I, that was the first one that popped in my head was 12 Years a Slave, and I second guessed myself. 
You should never do that. Dang it. Yes. Dang it. All right. Amazing. Now I want to watch that video of Todd's review of Next. I mean, it's not even a video. Had. It's just my audio. <laughs> it's blowing up. <laughs> I, it, it, for some reason, that that one immediately got like thousands of views, like right off the bat. <laughs> That's why he oh, started wait. posting. He posted my Christmas Carol, the the movie, uh, the animated <laughs> movie that he would voiced. Like uh, I don't know. That was a that was an interesting uh, way to go with trivia. I like it. Wow. I'm amazed that the guy who isn't on social media won it. I'm kind of surprised. YouTube well, is he watches <laughs> social media. He watches YouTube. I mean, if you had stuck with Twitter, what? half the stuff that's posted on Twitter, I post. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I we know have you more posted that, that one thing about Vegas. I didn't know you even posted that. <laughs> the one thing about Vegas? What? When you said uh, that it was an Apollo 13 quote, apparently. I don't know. I did have a question. Terry's review of Transformers Dark of the Moon is how many views? And the answer is 69. That was the only <laughs> reason I asked that. Rich are getting married. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Quote of the day time. And Todd, you won your first. Strawberries. Not the cheese. Womack. With a little sex in it. Quote of the day. Uh, my quote comes from uh, Mr. Jones, the Mike Figgis movie. Zach, have you watched? And uh, I think it describes this podcast. It says uh, it was it was somebody in like the the like doctor's office said it. I think it said our policy is evaluate, medicate, and vacate. And yes, that's what we do. Cheers. Yeah. Well done. Sometimes takes a few hours, but. All right. Well, uh, I'll go next. My quote was assuming I was going to win trivia and I didn't, but I'm going to quote it anyways. <laughs> and it's a it's a quote from uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but when I watched Cocaine Bear, one of the trailers was for the new movie called Strays. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Yeah. That movie looks. Dogs. Yeah, that movie looks Super hilarious. And so I'm uh, I'm quoting Strays with uh, that's how I know I won. And if you've seen the trailer, you know what that's referring to. And it's a beautiful moment. So I want to see it the strays because strays is the movie that or the name of that Vin Diesel directed movie that I watched. I don't know. Well, the, the one the, the trailer that stood out to me was the machine. That 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 looked ridiculous. Is that is that what that one I, was called? I don't know. What was that one? It was uh, the one about uh, Bert. Kreishner and like I don't know it was like and the younger version of him was the guy from American Vandal and Mark Hamill's in it I don't know oh I didn't see that trailer I didn't see it really? either really I had the, there were like four red band trailers that I that were ahead yeah, there were a lot there. of red band trailers but that was not one of them <laughs> when I was at close I saw the new Ari Aster movie trailer the uh, previously disappointment boulevard oh and it's like um, oh yeah Bo I saw is, that trailer too but before cocaine bear I, I don't know I, yeah. I saw like and there must have been like nine trailers, but yeah, the, the machine. Look at the trailer, it's ridiculous. Okay. All right, Zach, wrap us up. My quote comes from The Office. One of my favorite episodes has been revealed. Ben Franklin, Phyllis's Bachelorette Party. And it's from Dwight Schrute, uh, who there's a subplot in the episode where he's talking about wedding crashers that are crashing Phyllis's wedding. And he says to the camera, I saw wedding crashers accidentally. I bought a ticket for Grizzly Man and went to, into the wrong theater. After an hour, I figured I was in the wrong theater, but I kept waiting.
because that's the thing about bear attacks. They come when you least expect it. <laughs> Always one of my favorite Dwight Schrute quotes. <laughs> Ties this whole podcast together. I mean, we we could we could have mentioned um, bears eat beets in Battlestar Galactica in our uh, in our Bears Mount Rushmore. That would have been good. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to draw this podcast to a close. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, tune in next week where we will be uh, talking about the Oscars, getting ready for our uh, for the 95th Academy Awards, talking about uh, who we think is going to win. Uh, we'll also be revealing our winners for the major categories of the Almost Sideways Awards. Uh, if you want to see those nominees, go to almostsideways.com. You can find them there. And also in a couple weeks, tune in to our live reaction immediately after the Oscars and uh, hear what we thought of what happened. I love that the Almost Sideways Awards uh, are a wine bottle that looks like it says the word ass on it. <laughs> That's somehow perfect. It, it, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, also, make sure you sign up for the Oscar Challenge. Go to almostsideways.com, sign up for that so you can predict the winners, see if you can beat us. Uh, tell your family, things. tell your friends, tell everybody. Let's exactly. give Terry more work on Oscar night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be feverishly live updating it on Oscar night for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that, have fun watching movies, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.